Hello, I'm Nicholas Jackson. And I'm Luke Roberts. And welcome to episode two of the Rand Nerds podcast. We have a name. Oh my god, we has a name. We have and a, name. a second episode. And a second episode. We've not faded. Not yet. We're still here. <laughs> you can't get us that easily. And we're, well, shall we begin? Go right, um, so we're going to stick to formula. We're going to talk about games we've been playing. Oh, and, well, if you don't mind, I'd like to hit this off. And this month I've been playing Sir You Are Being Hunted. I finally bought the alpha. Slight correction here. I did say it was going to be released in November. I was completely wrong on that. I don't know where I got that date from. Completely bullshit, so ignore that. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually in progress. It's an alpha at the moment. As of today, it's on version 0.4.4578. If anyone keeping track. So have you actually got a release date? I or? have no, it's it's just in progress. Okay, cool. Um so I the way it says to me, I doubt we'll have a release I doubt they'll be releasing before till next year. That's cool. I'm actually for they've got a new patch out next week and it's gonna have some new features, gonna have a trombone, which is always good in like any game I think. And well, pass up before I go into we'll deal with the changes. So say so you're being hunted. Um I don't know how much you've looked at it. I haven't no, had a chance to okay. it's it's a stealth game, and what it is, the story is, you are an inventor, and you've made this teleporter, and you've had an accident, and it's seen to this group of five islands, and all your teleporter parts have been scattered all over the island, and you have to fetch them, collect them, and bring them back to a central location to get back home. So each of the islands are themed. By default, they're all rural-themed, which is sort of fields, little villages, forests, like sort of... The sort, of, I would say, sort of the Outer Hebrides type sort of ruralness. Chalky like that. He would, yeah. Now, each island can have its own themes. So when you set your world up, it's all procedurally generated as well. So they're all random. So there's no, it's completely different every time you play, which is lovely. And you can procedurally generate the world. And when you select what the themes are, you've got themes like, at the moment, they've got the Fens, which is basically a very open area, which is a nightmare for stealth. And like a more mountainous area. So it's like tall areas you can source and lots of forage you can sneak through. So you're going around, you're sneaking around, and your main enemies are these robots, and they're hunting you. And they're just sort of, they start initially, you'll just get ones or twos. They'll wander around. If they find a PCR artifact, they'll actually guard it. So you can't just, if they, you, it's a night when you find a piece and they think, oh, they're guarded. You can't just get up to them and steal it back. You have okay. to work how you're going to distract them, take them out, or, or just, or some way sneak up and get out. So are they... They're not automatically just, say, kind of plonked on top of the bits no. and bobs you need. They are actually kind of they're, just pathing around until yes. they actually find yep. it. And then... They're randomly, from what I gather, they're randomly placed on the island. They'll either group themselves together into sort of hunting parties, and okay. they'll patrol the island. If they find an artifact, they'll guard it. They'll also guard villages and towns if they find them. So you could, because the vision is basically, the whole time the game's running, you've got what they call vitality, which is counted, showing you're basically, it's like how much food you've got on you. Vitality is important because when you get to zero, you start to starve to death. Okay. And you only regenerate health when your vitality is above 50. So below 50, it starts at 100 to zero. Okay. Below 50, you will not, if you get shot, you're not going to regenerate health. And that's quite critical because you do die very easily in this game. It is like if you go on a, if you can't take three robots on one on one without cover or anything, you will be dead. Brilliant. They are that. They're good shots as well. So you, the villagers, they actually find food, and they're basically they, they're not really proper. You can't explore the buildings. They're more like a sort of container in a building form. But okay. I don't mind that because I understand why they didn't put buildings. They are so complicated to code, get the robots to work with, and randomly generate them. I understand why they didn't put them in. 
So I don't mind that. I'm quite happy with that. Some people have complained about it, but this is three guys making this game. It's not like a, a big old team with a hundred people, and it's CG generated, which makes it incredibly difficult anyway. So you get to build, you have to find food, and you know you might find a some mints might give you ten vitality, or if you you like this, you get whiskey gives you fifty, tea gives you eighty. You can also cook food if you find like wild game, and that's the best thing you can get because if you get wild game, you can like set, go to a campfire, start a campfire, cook it, and each one gives you full vitality. From what I go, it gives you 100 vitality regardless. That's pretty good. That's good. Bad side, as soon as you light a campfire, every robot in the area is going to come running to it. Right. Okay. So, so you have like to... the zombie kind of idea then. Yeah, you have fire. But a bit more intelligent than zombies because they're actually they're actively looking for you. Zombies just tend to, in games tend to sort of amble about. They are actively looking for you, trying to find you. So you have to be a you have to just be quick. You literally light it, cook it, go. So go, are go. they looking for you right off the bat, or do you have to trigger something? Or? They they're not. I suppose in a way, calling it so you're being hunted is a beer mistake. They're not actually actively hunting you. They are patrolling. If they see you, they'll go after you. There's nothing that triggers them to start patrolling. They okay. just are. I mean, some of them will have hounds as well. Okay. So it's all robo-hounds that will follow. They'll just follow one master, and they are horrible because they basically run as fast as you. So your only choice is, the only blessing is, is that when you're running backwards, you're near enough to the same speed as running forwards. So all you can do is run and sort of spin yourself round, just hope you can shoot them. The hound, because they're very easy to kill the hounds if you hit them. One hit usually kills them before they get you. Because what they'll do is they'll hold you down and wait for the robots to come. And they'll probably start you bleeding, because you can bleed in this game. Okay. And if you start bleeding, you have to bandage yourself. If you don't bandage yourself, you will bleed out. And there's nothing you can do. That you won't bleed stop. out and be easier to track, I guess. Uh, don't remember tracking, no. It's literally a case of, but you don't want to be bleeding, because your health drops so quickly when you're bleeding. Right. And it doesn't stop. You know, if you're at 100 health and you start bleeding... You're, unless you can banish yourself, you'll just keep bleeding until you die. Most times when I've died in the game is when I've been hit and I've had bandages to heal myself. I've just sort of sat behind a rock and bled to death. And can you fashion bandages out of things? Or no, do you, just you have, have to, find... to find them. So you need to, and particularly as you get later on in the game, because as you get later on, the robots get more aggressive. They'll hunt you more actively. You'll get more bigger patrols. So at the start of the game, you might get a patrol of two wandering around. By the end of the game, you'll get patrols five or six. Is this adjusted by time or the amount of pieces that you find? The amount of pieces you pick up. Okay. Time-wise, I mean, the first game I played, and I was all learning a little bit, and I was actually ill at the time, which meant I wasn't playing quite as well as I should do, it took me about six hours to do, to complete one world. That's, that's actually pretty decent. For pretty generally well, because it's 20, the one I played was 25 pieces, you got nine on the main island, and then on each island I had... Oh, I'm just doing the maths now. Four, yes, no, yeah, it would be four on each other's sub-islands to retrieve and bring back central location. So it's, 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 and as you collect, the more things appear. So initially, for example, the villages will be deserted. Once you've collected about four or five, you'll get one, this character called the Squire will appear and he'll patrol the villages. And if he sees you, he won't attack you unless he catches you stealing. Right. If he catches you stealing, then he'll start shooting at you. So you have to be a bit careful. They've also got balloons that sort of move around the site, and they sort of got searchlight. If they catch a searchlight, they have a big alarm, call the robots there, and they will see you through anything, basically. The only thing you can avoid is hard cover like a building. That's the only thing that will stop them catching you. And there have been times, there was a great scenario when I saw, I was at this village, I was raiding this village, there was a robot patrol in the village, and there was this balloon coming over. And I had to juggle... Which side of the building I'd need to be on to avoid the balloon, but at the same time avoiding this patrol that's going up and down the village. 
And that's what I love about this game. It creates these moments of tension. It's because what I love about games that have very sort of loose rule sets. It's a bit like FIFA, actually, because it's very heavily inspired by FIFA when you play it. It creates these unique moments of tension. And that was one of them, is this... I'm sat here in this village trying to think, how am I going to avoid this balloon? How am I going to avoid these robots? And I managed it for a very careful sort of... Right, he's now put his flashlight the other way. Quickly run around the corner with the robots there. Hope they turn around before he moves his flashlight back, which they did, fortunately. It was very tight. I just thought a moment, so I'll give you another one I had. I went to this little farmstead, raised it, found some food, started to walk away, and I thought it was deserted. And all of a sudden, I just heard this noise, this robot. I dropped down this long grass, because basically it works by... A bit like a light gem in Thief or in Spirit of the Early Spirits had that light bar. Yeah. And the more cover you are, the harder you are to see. But if you like run or something, they're very easy to see. I was in this grass, and it was just about providing me enough cover. If I stood still, he couldn't see me. But if I moved, because when you move, you have more easy to see, he would have found me. So I'm just watching this road patrolling. Now I have a choice here. I was trying to sneak away. The trouble was there was a gap between cover, and I knew I wasn't going to make it. I had a weapon that would take this about one hit, which was a rifle. Troll's wife was very noisy, and if I fire, I'd probably get another four or five coming to me. So, I was very carefully having to time it. You can throw, well, I had some stones, and very carefully throw stones and stuff to try and distract this robot, so I could move away and get away from it. And that just, it's, the amount of adrenaline, the whole time you're sat there, you're losing vitality, and the amount of adrenaline rush to try and do that, which is what I love about the old style stealth games, which I don't think you get so much these days. I love these. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. When, also, when you said how you were kind of in, in tall grass, and then yeah. you said about the whole the rifle sounds, that's one of the things that I've been kind of curious about. How much does sound factor into the game? So if you're in tall grass, for example, and you're... It's, will it rustle and then alert the robots? Or? Not the grass, right? No. If you... It, it seems to be based on your movement, how far you're going, because if you run, they hear you. So what my common tactic was, I would sneak up to an artifact, perhaps throw a bottle to distract the robots away from it, grab it, and then leg it. And as soon as you start legging, you hear them saying, what was that? Spin themselves around, they start shooting at you. At that point, I don't care anymore, because I know I can outrun them. So it's I could probably sneak my way out, but my theory is, if I'm sneaking out, they might turn around and fire me, I might as well just scarper. There's probably stealth fishers out there, it's all crying right now, thinking, what are you doing, boy? But <laughs> They're probably already typing, <laughs> They're typing yeah, their yeah, angry they're, email. They're, can't be out, we're waiting for the emails. So you have, the so that does play a role. There's these flocks of birds in the game. And what will happen is if you find one of them, if you go too near, and they'll fly off and they'll attract all the robots. The robots will know that there's something there and they will come running for you. When they run, they do run very quickly. They can not quite keep up with you, but they do sort of swamp you very quickly. I mean, another example I had, a camera's artifact was in the middle of a field, big tall grass. Two ops trolling it, fantastic, because grass is tall enough, I'd be near enough invisible. So I could probably sneak up onto it and pick it up. So I'm seeing this all the time, sort of just sort of looking over the grass with my binoculars, keep working out my patrol routes. What I didn't realise, they had a dog with a hound with them. I just hear this woof woof, and I see him, he must see me, and he starts running towards me. I think, that's okay, I'm behind this fence, he won't get to me. I didn't realise there was a gap in the fence. This hound got this gap. Next thing I know, I'm being pinned to the ground with this hound, staring up its big male jaws, and it's barking. All the robots are now turning and coming at me. There was a patrol of five of them, a little way away. There's these two in this field. Another group started running over as well. So then I finally got the hound off me. I'm all of a sudden I've got like 12 robots after me. And I'm being shot. I'm, I'm bleeding. I managed to heal. I just leg it. And I run it back. There's this one on the islands. You've got the boats that go to the islands. I just leg it back to the boat. 
I remember just jumping behind this rock. I had 12 health left. Very little vitality, so I'm actually now... I can't heal, basically. I'm just sat there. Luckily, I'm not bleeding anymore. And I can just hear these robots walking around behind me, searching for me, trying to find me. I'm just sort of thinking, God, you need to move. Because the next thing I want to do is try and find food. So I can get my vitality up, so I can get my health up, because I didn't have any food either. So I'm, and, I was, and of course, vitality's dropping down the whole time. So I want a real risk chance. If I don't get food, I'm going to starve to death. I remember just getting us about 20 vitality. Finally, I gave up, and they all wandered off. Very carefully sneaking, going up to the villages, very, trying to get round them, thinking, this has got food in it. The most how hard is to find food when you need it. None of the buildings had anything. But that's always the way. You know, eventually I managed to find some local stout, which gave me 50 vitality, which allowed me to heal again. It's still a bit clunky. It's got its bad moments, but it's an alpha, so I'm not prepared to judge it too much on the moments. But you'd but recommend it? I would recommend it, yes. It sounds very intense, and it's got a very kind of deep risk-reward system in it. I guess. Yeah, it has. It is very good crane tension that way. I think people first play it, they'll probably get a little bit... They'll play it and they'll think, it's not for me, and they'll get a bit... You know when you first play FIF? Yes. The first time you've probably got caught by... The first time you've played and tried to get free, you've probably got caught by guards all the time, and you've eventually got frustrated thinking, I can't do it. Yeah. Once you sort of learn the systems and you can get through it stealthily, you think it becomes fantastic. Mm. This is the same as this, is once you've learned the system, and there are a few problems with it. One of them is when you want to select you something in your inventory, you have to right-click on it. They eventually allowed you to remap your keys, and I remapped jumping to right click. Okay. Because that's how I've always played games, right click has always been jump for me. And of course, muscle memory is terrible when you're trying to jump over a fence, you keep hitting right click, and that just brings up your binoculars. It's terrible, really. <laughs> um, but what I found was that when you did that, you couldn't then right click on something in the inventory. This is a known issue. They are fixing it, so they've put out this is a known issue. Oh, okay. The other issue that there was with it, my criticism, which again, they're actually solving the next update is to find the pieces. You've looked for smoke, but on some lines it's quite hard to find. They're these little will-o'-wisps, so like little glowing lights, and they, they move towards the pieces. You follow them. The trouble I found with them is that sometimes, when you've got lots of pieces on the islands, you'd get several of them all going different directions, so which one do I follow? Right. And find them, sometimes you'd be weighing around a long time looking for them, because you wouldn't know where to find a piece, and you just hope there'd be one nearby. And you, oh, there's one, you can follow it, and eventually it'll lead you to it if you can keep up with it all the time trying to sneak past the robots and everything. Luckily, they are they are going to put in the next one a scanner, and the scanner will sort of, by the looks of it, sort of show you where the pieces are, sort of point in direction, a bit like sort of a metal detector. Oh, okay. That, I think that will solve all those problems, because that was the most annoying thing, is you're sat there, you think, well, I'm just, I'm starving to death here. I'm wasting vitality, just waiting for something blue and glowing, just showing where to go, because they're quite big, these islands. You could easily walk, and when you've got one piece left to get, you could easily walk in the wrong direction, and just go um, clean past it all. Yeah, and waste a lot of vitality. Um, what little trick I did find with the exterior islands was to walk around the cliffs. Okay. On the designs of a cliff face, I found if you walked around the edge, that got you to most of the pieces quite easily because they sort of seemed to like push them towards the edges of the island, not in the middle. So I found that was quite an effective tactic to find that. So, I do have one last question. Go on then. One last question. So you've said that the worlds are randomly generated. Yes. Is this like. I would say Minecraft, where you've got a passphrase system. So let's say you've had a world spat out that you really quite like playing on. Yeah. Is there any way that you can perhaps regenerate 
a world that you've already played on, or is it 100% Not forced? Not in-game. There are ways around that people have found, because when it generates a world, it creates it in a folder. So if you really want to, you can copy the folder and hold okay. to one side. Okay, then. Um, that's one way to do it. It's nothing in-game at the moment. They are planning to add something, because once you've had a world, and, you know, your first world is always that little... The first world you play is always that... That was my first... It's like your first card. It's the yeah. one you always favour the most. And it'd be nice if there was like a reset world button. You could press that sort of reset all the piece and you could start again. Mm-hmm. Or I should say some way of sharing the worlds of other players. That'd be yeah. nice. At the moment, that's not in there, but they are talking about it. So I think that at some point that will come in. What I would like is, you know, Splunky's now come out with that daily challenge level. I couldn't say. No, you're not. Splunky's a platformer game and it randomly generates its levels and you sort of play through and you have to sort of get past spiders. It's like Indiana Jones, basically. Yeah. They've now the new one, it will generate a level that everybody in the whole who owns the game will play that day. So the game that's like a server generates a level. Okay. So everybody can play the same level and sort of can compete against each other. I'd like to see a version of Sir where you could like say, okay, I'm gonna download this side, perhaps one island a week, that is gonna generate centrally, that everybody could then play. It's exactly the same for everybody, and then you can compete to see who did it the most stealthily, who did it the quickest. Yeah. I would like to see something like that in it, but I would imagine they'd, they'd probably do something, but I think that's a long way off. That's pretty clever. It's it is. Good. It is and good. How it's, much is it? And... It's $14.99. I know if they're going to put the price. I would say, if you've never played a game like it before, maybe a risk, because I would say have a go at something like DayZ first, see if you enjoy that sort of stealthness, or um, see if you get a whole cheap copy of Thief. Try that first before you, because if you're not, stealth games are one of those things that if you don't like them, it's a mixed bag. If you don't like them, you don't like them. You'll but never if you like, like them. Yeah. You love them. Exactly. It's, it's a very marmite type game. So I wouldn't say spend the money yet until you know if you like that type of gameplay. Okay. But other than that, if you like Fiat stealth, I would say yeah, get it. It's still on a good build. I might have to see if I can pick it up, and then maybe we can make some videos on it. Yeah, that'd be good. Channel. That'd, that'd be, be pretty good. good. What about yourself, Luke? What have you been up to? It's actually surprisingly quite a list. I could always go into the Final Fantasy XIV realms again, but I yeah. think people would probably cry if I did, because I have been playing it a damn sight more than I should have been. We played pretty much solidly. I lost my wife, as I mentioned before. When the game came out, we were plagued with server issues, because they didn't expect so many people mm. to come into the game. They've actually apologised for that, haven't they? Yes, yeah. they, the, the, um, I think it was the director of the game actually himself said, I'm sorry. He said... I'm sorry. Not me and my team. I'm sorry. So that was pretty crazy. Uh, But they fixed all the issues. My wife is still addicted to it. We've still pretty much lost my wife. She's leveling up every class she can play at the moment. Now she's completely gone. I mean, for all I know, she might not even be here. She might somehow have been kind of assimilated into the world and just gone. But um, that's a really bad horror film now. Yeah, <laughs> it could actually turn into that. You never know. The woman sits there playing PlayStation Three for God knows how long. All I know is that I do keep getting fed, so she is still around. <laughs> but, you know, when when the bacon sandwiches and things stop coming through, then I've got something to worry about. But mm. that's been really fun. Still a few bugs with it, but pretty damn fun. What else have we had? Dub Wars that I mentioned last yeah. month. I actually purchased that game so that I could record some little video tutorials on how to do the kind of, uh, the, what was it, the discount trick that I yes. mentioned last yep. month. I recorded how to do that. I also Can started... we put a link to in the show notes so people can see it? Um, I haven't made the video yet, but oh. I'll, I'll work on that pretty yeah. soon. I mean, because I recorded the whole 
Because the initial demo is literally only one level. Oh. I recorded every single level as far as I could go. So I think there's only five levels in the actual game up to this point. But it was it was pretty good. Some of the levels it's a mixed bag. But um again, I'm I'm a guy that doesn't really like dubstep. Some of the levels were pretty cool, some of the some of the beats and some of the tracks were pretty clever, but it's worth like ten bucks. I yeah. I can't complain about that. Plus I, I had a, a voucher from Ouya, so I got it for free. <laughs> but um There you go. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a good game. Also started a let's play. Of doubles. No. Well. Saints Row the Third. It's a uh, sandbox game like Grand Theft Auto if yep. you if you haven't seen Saints Row. It's one of my cursed games. I've started Let's play in that game maybe with three different people and every single time it's fallen to pieces. I started the Let's Play last weekend with Chalky and this is actually the second time that me and him have, have tried to do the Let's Play. We're going to try and go for it again, see if we're cursed. And I, th- I think that's pretty much everything other than today. Do I have to go into today's? No, to go into today's if you want to. It's, it, it's, it's pretty bad. Right. It's pretty bad. Well... I've also been playing. I mentioned very briefly in the last podcast Rainbow Six and the proper Rainbow Sixes. So I'm going to talk about Rainbow Six Three, which in my mind is the last of the proper Rainbow Sixes. Now Rainbow Six is a strategy. Well, I don't know if you describe it as a strategy, strategy sort of strategy slash first person shooter. And the way it works is you're charged as a team of counter terrorists. In every mission, usually it's a terrorist to hostages. You're given them, and it's been to two parts, the planning phase and the action phase. Yep. So the planning phase, you're given a map of the area, you get to pick your operatives, you get to equip them, you have any special equipment like uh, door breaches to blow through doors, lock, and electronic kits to debug bombs and all sorts of things. And then you have a map of the area, and you have to lay out for your team's waypoints, how they're going to assault this place, and then once you've done that, you go to the action phase, and then the action phase you actually take control of the team, and you actually walk them through the map you've done. And it's so you can have to four teams in the first two games, and the latter game is three. For some reason, the first games had blue, red, green, and gold. The latter game dropped the blue, so you had red, green, and gold. Which, if you're colorblind, is a bit of a problem because green and gold looks very similar on the map. So it's a nightmare trying to make plans. Why well, only do blue, red, and gold? I don't know. That's what they did. So, you don't take control, and all your other teams are by AI. You can switch between them as you're playing. So, if you think they're, if you have a problem, like when they have struggle, you can switch to them, get through that bit, then move back to another team, say. They'll follow your waypoints, sort the building, and hopefully you get the hostages out alive. No one, none of your guys die and you get to the next mission. Now, I always found the planning phase took a lot longer than the action phase. Yeah. And the way you got to see it is like a puzzle game in my mind. It's it's getting your team through that getting your team through that building alive and out the other side. It, when you do it and you've done a plan that works perfectly, it's the greatest feeling in the world. It's I was gonna say satisfaction of actually getting your team through is this game took away so much of my life when I was a, a kid. It's the, the second game I ever bought was Rainbow Six. First game was MechWarrior 2, Rainbow Six was the second game I ever bought. I spent an hours on it. Hours and hours. It got so bad that whenever I used to walk any public building, I'd plan a assault route in case it ever got to by hostages. Yes, I warned like Took over by hostages. Yeah, not. <laughs> I was about to say, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Took over by terrorists who then take hostages. There we go. There we go. I walk into I walk into low stuff library thought, well, it's a bad sniper position there. I need to make sure I get some cover out there. And that's how much ingrained myself. I just used to do it without thinking about it. And it's just great itself. It was 
oh, it's just brilliant. I also remember you telling me a story way back in college. This is a good, you Ooh. know, what, eight years ago more. Now I've got to remember this story. All right. Well, it's not, it's not a, a crazy story, but this is when Nick was telling me of his initial love of, of Rainbow Six. And at the time, your PC wasn't actually powerful uh, enough to play it. And so you were playing the game at a ridiculously low at, frame at rate. Two frames per second. And you know what? I got to the second to last level at two frames per second. See, that's the that, love of a series. That's how much I love the game. I was on minimum graphics on six forty by four eighty graphics. My PC went. That's when it went. That was when it went hyper. It went from like a frame every three seconds to two frames a second. The stealth missions were a nightmare at two frames per second because you literally saw. You can't describe it at that speed. It's, like, it's hard to visualize unless you actually see what it's like. It's literally like snapshots. But yeah, I know where like, I played for that game at that speed. That's how much I adored it. And then when I finally got my 750 Pentium processor PC, ooh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I remember installing it. It's like, wow, full graphics and a full speed. Oh my God. It was this, amazing. This isn't like sending a picture through the post. It's like real life. It's like an actual you awesome know, game. You know what it is? You always get a new game and think, oh, it's like real life. It looks so real. And then about five years later, you look back and think, God, that looks so fake. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I wear rose-tinted shades when I do that. Yeah. I, I've mentioned this a lot with people over the years. When you go from one generation, at least from consoles, because I was mostly a console guy yeah. back in the day. I've always had a PC, but I, I played a lot on consoles. Because I like all my Nintendo stuff and my Sega mm. stuff. But you'd go from one system, for example, the PlayStation 1 to the PlayStation 2. I played a lot of games that were on both machines. Yeah. I went from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2, and the only real difference I noticed was the frame rate. Maybe, you know, things were a little bit smoother or a little bit quicker, but graphically, I didn't really give a damn. I was like, oh, it looks exactly the same. This isn't all that great. You then go back. As you go forwards, you know, it's rose tinted glasses, everything, you think it. everything going back is fine. You go back. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy crap, did I really play this? This looks like someone has taken the game yeah. and just wiped their ass with it. Yeah, and then you actually try playing, you find it so clunky and horrible. It's, yep. it's actually very similar, actually. After I got Rainbow Six Free, you know, and it's $4.99 on Steam for the Gold Edition, which is Rainbow Six Free and the add-on pack of Phoenix Sword. Mm -hmm. Bargain. you got to get it. I decided I was going to play the original, so I got a hold of a copy of the original. I found it up in the loft. As you do. As you do. You dig up, you dig up through the loft. Yeah, the I found it off the old dual CD cases, as they always, where it was, it was still in the big box. You know, you used to get games in the big boxes, mm -hmm. which I miss so much. You get the big box, you know, all those big manuals and little cardboard cards used to stick over your keys to show where the keys yeah. were. Little dual case of the game. Was the dual case cracked? Like, did, were the hinges broken? Yes. Always the way. Yeah. Installed it. Amazingly, it installed, well, it installed about two seconds. No. Not know, Rainbow was, Six, not yeah. on a modern PC. It runs on Windows 7 near enough perfectly. There's one bug in it. When you're on the mission phase, you've got all your advisors, and at the bottom there's one that bond says mission orders. For whatever reason, that's the only thing that crashes it. You click on that, the whole game crashes. You can that's look at anything it. else. Everything else is fine. The main game runs fine. But click on that button, and that's it. Game gone instantly. How is it resolution-wise? Does it... Does it play in a decent resolution? Yeah, it, it goes to up. To, oh no, you test my It goes up to seven six eight by one zero two four. Interesting. Which actual fact doesn't look too bad when you play it. But playing again, I've only now realised how dumb the AI was, and it really was dumb. The AI has no pathfinding ability for rubbish. 
the amount of times in the levels I've spent sort of having to do sort of little dance trying to get the AI team to follow you and it's because basically they want to follow you in a certain order so your guys will have like position one two three four on your team and if you've got say near number three but number two can't get to you number three will just run back and forth because he doesn't know what to do what a genius it is and game to follow you spend more time the levels getting your team to follow you and they seem to design the levels in such a way your team could easily get stuck I mean, you spend a lot of time. You don't realise actually how bad the AI was. And this is 1998. 1998. So, you know, I talking... mean, to be fair, I mean, it was 1998. So to be fair, you know, I mean, it's... but then at the same time, Half Life was around that time. I mean, they had really good AI in it, but it, the AI was very clunky. But do you know? And it was, I tell you, I didn't realise how much harder it was because uh, obviously you go by years and you've played Rainbow. I've, I saw reinstalled Rainbow Six Free first. I was going for levels quite easy. I didn't realize actually how hard it was. Even on like the basic side, I was just trying on the basic just to try it out, just to see if it worked. The terrorists kill you so much quicker than like on a medium setting on Rainbow Six. Amazing difference. That has happened a lot over the years, though. That but, has. You know, as yeah. time has gone on, for some reason they now think because gaming is a little bit more mainstream now. Yeah. So they assume that the average person that's going to pick up these games is as thick as a plank. I think they want more people to be able to complete it, don't they? Yeah. They want people to actually be able to finish the game. Because I'm when I was young, I had lots of games I never finished. Yep. I've still got a stack of them in the loft yeah. and in the shed that I've... Some of them I haven't even cracked open from when I was a kid. Yeah. A lot of them I haven't finished. A lot of them I couldn't even dream of finishing even now. Yeah. I think that's the, the case. I think that's what they've done. They've tried to make games easier to finish. Which... I suppose maybe it's a good thing because people buy the games and want to enjoy them. Imagine having a film that only a certain percentage of people could watch to the end. <laughs> That'd be actually kind of funny. Yeah, imagine getting a film you had to ask, answer questions at the end of it and if you didn't answer and you didn't get to watch the rest of the film. And I'm going to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do so it. To see if you're paying attention, you must answer the following question correctly to find out what happens in part two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the colour of the napkin on the yeah. third table yeah. from the left? If you attempt to rewind this video, it will automatically delete itself from your computer. <laughs> it will automatically <laughs> format your hard drive. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Oh, and one thing about Rainbow Six, it had the best sound of a reloading magazine in any game ever. That I, I just, are we going to hold you there? Is that something we're going to put on the yes. website? Oh yes, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to extract the WAV file from the CD. I want to get the sound of this reload. I'm going to put it on there so you can listen to the best sound of reload ever. Just some clunkiness. I was beautiful. We're going to put up a real, there's going to be an award now on the website. You know, best reload yeah. sound well, in a game ever. When we do our award ceremony, that's going to be our best game reload. <laughs> from 1998. 1998. I do have one gripe with everything that you've said though. Right, go on. You said to me that you pulled down the CD yeah. and you put it in your PC. Yeah. Bear in mind that this is 2013. Yeah. Who has a CD drive in their computer these days? Well, it was a DVD drive. I was. I haven't had... A, I've, my machine that we're recording this on now doesn't have a disk drive. My laptop doesn't because even have a Because my drive. family's old-fashioned and like some of those like, things burnt the CDs, they listen in the car. Because they haven't got a modern car that you can just plug an iPod into. CD... Player? Yeah, I know. God, that's retro. I yeah. my head hurt. And I used to watch a lot of DVD. I used to, I used to my PC to watch. I've got a lot of DVDs I like to watch. DVDs. God, we got rid of those oh. years ago. My kids don't even know what. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, one very fine thing to say. Okay. If you like the idea of Rainbow Six, but you think I can't be faff with the planning, don't worry, because in Rainbow Six Three, and in fact all the Rainbow Sixes, the developers have made a plan for each mission. And so you can just get into the game, you can load the developer's plan, and 
I actually tried just to see how good they were. I played for an entire campaign using the developer's plan. I only had to alter it twice, but otherwise they worked very well. They People had obviously planned it well. Whoever did the plans for Phoenisaur didn't have a clue what they were doing. Because the plans for Phoenisaur were rubbish. Go through the front door. Well, in the game, to, obviously there's points where you might want to have all your teams assaulting a room at the same time. Yep. Use Go Code, so basically like Go Code Alpha. So your team will get there, they'll wait on this Go Code, so you issue it, and then everybody will go. So you can assault a room simultaneously. For some reason, the person who did the plans for Phoenisaur, he must have been the work experience boy or girl. Gave each team would use the same. Each team would have like their own go code. Okay. So green team would always use go code alpha. Red team would always go use go code bravo. So to no one to activate them, you'd have to look between each team and work out when you need to activate them. I don't know why he was thinking or she was thinking, but I didn't know what they were doing. Hey, I worked really hard on that code, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I had nothing to do with it. In fact, I never actually played the expansion at all. Um, Did you not? If I had to be honest, although I owned. Rainbow Six Three on uh, PC and Mac because that yeah. was back when you were so anti-Mac. It was ridiculous. I can remember bringing my Mac in with Rainbow Six Three installed because they were two completely separate versions. You had to use completely separate uh, multiplayer clients and yeah. stuff like that. Back in the day, yeah, them the days of uh, incompatibility. Yeah, retro PC gaming, and now everything has to play with everything else. But um, I mostly played the Xbox version, Sacrilege I Nine, which was like it was very arcadey. Leave the podcast immediately. I do not want to see <laughs> your face again. Oh, that God. is not a Rainbow Six game. That is not worth using as a coaster. Actually, in all fairness, it was pretty fun because it had Wily Pete's. And you wouldn't believe how fun it was just to kind of slightly open the door and then... You can do it on the PC version as well. I don't remember Wily Pete's in the PC version. You can, you use the mouse wheel. But seriously, fire through the door. <laughs> Brilliant. No, it's... Uh. If you buy the console version, you deserve just you just deserve to have the game removed from you and your console removed from you from ever even gracing it. Well, I can understand using the game as a coaster, but get rid of the console. That's a pretty good paperweight. You're, you're not. About. You, you clearly can't. You clearly can't. I can't be trusted with a console if you buy Rainbow Six for it. I'm sorry, but you can't. What about all these kids now that are playing all these other crappy fucking shooter games? Oh, well, they're just lost to us now. They're dead to me. Yeah, they're just dead to me. They can't help it. Yeah, I mean, um, it's like the new Rainbow Six, Rainbow Six Vegas, Call of Duty. It pretty much was, Actually, wasn't it? no, was... no, change it. Rainbow Six Vegas, Gears of War. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty brutal. I remember playing, um, I think it might have been the, the first or second one, and I just, I, I couldn't understand how it was a Rainbow Six game. I just couldn't, I... Vegas. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't get it, it didn't... It's, it's in, it's Rainbow Six game in name only. Because the whole point of this was the buildings were designed to be like real buildings. Well, mm. the layer ones, the first ones were obviously done with The second game, though, they actually got like proper plans and stuff to do the buildings with, so they were more yeah. accurate. So a building had multiple entrances, you had to cover them. The, from what I gather, Vegas, and I, I've briefly played it, it's basically just a linear shooter. Yeah, it was. It was, it was just a straight line go. So, and there's there was three, only one way there's to go. There's three of you. And as soon as I heard that regenerating health, I don't yeah. remember the regenerating health, but then that was so long ago. When From I, I've, when I again, I've over, but I, no, actually, I have played one level. And I remember came behind cover, and your health would re you. You were supposed to regenerate, but you take a couple of bullets, and if you took behind cover, your health would just sort of your yeah, screen the, would just fade. Yeah, that was the magic sad. health. As we all know, it's a commentary tactic now in all these war zones. All the soldiers sort of sit down for a while, and they they get better. Yeah, in a couple. We all, we all know that's how it works in war now. From playing Call of Duty and Rainbow, I blame Halo for all of this. 
Um, yeah, yes, actually, yeah, Halo. Yeah. Well, initially they did have health packs, and then I guess they decided that health packs were too complicated I, for the average gamer I, these days. I can see why in certain games it would make sense. I can see why in a more arcade shooter, I can see why, and game, well, Saving Hunter's got health healing, but it's got a mechanic title, you need your vitality. And some games I can see why. Far Cry 2, you only heal up to a certain, you had like your health was spin to bars, and you could only heal up to certain bars, basically. I can see why they do that, and I've got no, and some games, but, and again, it would be a military shooter, really. Ninja Rainbow Six, you got shot, you're dead. Yeah, Even much. with heavy armor on, you might save it, you might survive a bullet, but odds are, once you've been hit, you're dead. Yeah. And that's it. You're, you're, and that character, if you're always going to one of the name characters, they are out of the game for good. They're out of the campaign as they're incapacitated. If you're lucky, they don't die getting knocked off incapacitated and they might mm. come back a few missions later. They're dead. Gone from the game. See, they can't, they can't do that these days. No, because they'd be, they all be voice acting. They don't want to lose all the waste of that voice acting, do they? Cost too much. No. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, anything else you've been playing at all? Or is that us? I'm, all right, I'm going to admit to the uh, to the game I was playing today. I mean, I know I just. I'm going to throw out the podcast again. You might actually do, yeah. I've explained a lot of the games before, with the exception of Saints Row. And honestly, if if I say to you Grand Theft Auto, but better, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, just you you have no place listening to to this. If if all right, maybe you have, but tough. Go away, okay? Have I offended anyone yet? I'm, yeah, I'm trying not to, but. You know what Grand Theft Auto is. I know what Grand Theft Auto is. I know what Grand Theft Auto is. Grand Theft Auto 4 sucks. Saints Row rocks. So there. Probably the section games we haven't been playing. I haven't been playing Grand Theft Auto 5. Because it's not on PC. No, it isn't. Which is kind of dumb. It'll be on PC in a few months. But it's not on PC now. But, uh, just quickly, since we're now going off on a little rant about Grand Theft Auto 5. Grand Theft Auto 4 has some pretty amazing... Yeah, texture packs. That have, I think they've just been released. They look almost photorealistic. If you've got a PC powerful enough to use these things, yeah. it makes Grand Theft Auto Five. Someone did one of those for San Andreas as well. You could literally like stand at one end of the eye at this whole V. Well, I'm going to say an island, but you know what I mean. Yeah. One in the map, and you could see the buildings on the other side of the map. Someone mm-hmm. actually made one. They basically it was already in the code. They sort of unlocked it, mm-hmm. so you could use your draw just to whatever, basically. Yeah. I mean. I've seen some of these textures for Grand Theft Auto 4, and I, I have to be honest, I was, I was looking at them on a, in a very small window, but when I first saw the photo gallery for these enhanced textures for the PC version, at first, at first glance, I thought I was looking at actual photographs. Like that could I? Like. Yeah, I was like, oh wow, that's a nice skyline, and I was like, hang on a minute, what the hell? Holy crap, that's Grand Theft Auto 4! I was like, and all these little crazy kids like, oh, Grand Theft Auto 5 looks amazing. Just wait till next gen. Shut up. Let's get a PC. Yeah. Right. So I've, I've gone off on right. that. Detergent, we'll turn back to the main one. All right, it's the last game. The game that I played today is called Hyperdimension Neptunia. Right, I think I might have explained the game before. I can't remember if I explained it last month. I don't, think, I don't recall. Alright, basically, Hyperdimension Neptunia is a PlayStation 3 exclusive that tells the story of the console wars, the game industry, as if it was, I guess, real, as if it was an actual war. <laughs> Do Sony win by any chance? No, oh. believe it or not. Here's the thing, it's it's basically telling you the history of, of games, consoles, and, and all that kind of bollocks, as if it was, and this is a very kind of Japanese anime kind of thing, all of the consoles are 
young girls, I guess. Um, right. It's, yeah, it's very crazy Japanese-y. Sounds like it was it Axis Powers Hurt or something, which is all the countries in the world represented by real people, by characters. They're actually like... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess, pretty much. And it, it features... Get these names. These are brilliant, by the way. Lean Box for the Xbox. <laughs> La Station for the PlayStation. Guess what the Wii is called? La Wii... And the the best one is Sega, which sounds nothing like Sega. It's uh, Planeptune. Quick question. This said during the console wars, why is the Wii there? Why isn't it like the SNES? And why, and why isn't the Antares there? Ah, right, now I'm going to be spoiling things then, okay? So it's... It's a very cartoon. So this is spoiler alert now, are we? Yeah, we're going spoiler alert. The spoiler. Atari is in it. Uh-huh. Uh, the Atari is in it. Because the thing you didn't ask is, you said why is... The Wii in it, well, it takes places, um, say, Xbox, Xbox 360, PlayStation so, 2, PlayStation 3. Oh, uh, right. So when um, it's console wars, I assume it's going to be like the sort of the console wars I saw these sort of early 80s and 90s. That's well, what I some of it is in there based on the idea that obviously Sega is in it and Sega hasn't had a console since like 2001. Mm. So how this happens in this game is the other three major players in the, in the, in the, Fucking console wars, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. They're at a stalemate. All four of them are at a stalemate. They can't seem... It's just not going to move at all. So, three of them decide to knock out the cockiest one, which happens to be Sega. If you remember, as I've just said, Sega basically bowed out of the console yeah. war. They got knocked out. That is, They basically kind of make a joke and say that it was because the other three ganged up on Sega and knocked Sega out of there. Out of the console wars. Didn't happen. It's just a, a fun take. It's full so of it's, jokes and it's references. It's not really trying to teach you about console wars in a fun way. It's just a very, just, it's just using them as a uh, setting for you. Yeah. It, and it's, it's actually really quite fun. The gameplay is not great. The graphics look like it kind of come from a PlayStation 2, but it's funny. It's not even well written, but it's funny. It's just funny. And, there was um, there was a bit in it. Uh, the the main character, one of the main characters, goes into a town, and she's talking to an old man, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're a games developer. Uh, loads of developers here started off as say jukebox jukebox repair companies." And I was like, "Now, which games publisher developer was a jukebox repair shop initially?" Konami. It's yeah. it's full of little gaming kind of. Throwbacks, they, little tidbits. Little, yeah, they've done their research a bit. So these characters are they actually representing like the actual? You say you mentioned game developers. Are the characters game developers, or are they representing the game com- the game manuf- console manufacturers? So, so the main characters. So you've got Neptune, Vert, Noir, and Blank, who are the Wii. Uh, the Neptune is the prototype Sega Mega Drive 32X combo that never got released. Um, and the other one was a Wii, was a Wii Xbox, PlayStation, and, and, and Neptune, the prototype. They represent actual consoles. Right. You've then got IF, who is uh, Idea Factory, one of the publishers of the game. You've got Compa, who is Compile Heart, which is another publisher developer of the game. You've got loads of other little characters that, are either publishers, developers of other of other things. You've got Ray Wright. This is where the spoiler comes in, where you said, oh, why isn't Atari in it? Ray Wright is Atari. Right. Ray being kind of a, if you think about it, Ray, Atari, 
Ray or Atar Ray. Yeah. And so. her nation, when it fell, much like Neptune, Sega fell, was Tari. So you got there. Yeah. So so is it like uh how you play this? Are these actually characters in competition with each other, or are they, or are they like a RPG group going round? It's initially, it's like it's full blown RPG, turn based. They are against each other. From what I understand, they do join your party. There are three games in the series. So in the first one, it's all competition. They all hate each other. Blah 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 blah. The second one, it goes into the handhelds. So you've got the, the Nintendo DS. Sega Game Gear, PlayStation Portable, Microsoft never release a handheld, so no one gives a damn about them. And then the, uh, count the Zoom. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't even count the, the Dude, the Zoom isn't even a music store. I'm sorry, Microsoft, but just go away. The best, the only thing I ever need to know about the Zoom was when the Microsoft person came on and said, we've decided that brown is the new black. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, do you know really bad? Well, you've got one, haven't you? A little, a little, uh, yeah, I own a Zune. Actually, as a media player, as a music player, it's actually pretty damn good, but the service was horrible. Oh my god, it was horrible. But, and the battery life was horrible, and the device actually died after two months. But, uh, whatever, it's a Microsoft product, it's not supposed to last. Just going back to the Hyper Dimension Ninja. (laughs) Right, So you're playing as the Sega Mega Drive 32. 32X, yeah. 32X. And what you, you're sort of, so, is it like traditional, it's got a traditional RPG story and you're just encountering these characters, or is it more like a sort of just a battle game? It is. How do you, if you would say pick another sort of mainstream game as a, it is like this, but how would you describe it? So I'm just trying to. I could say Dot Hack. Uh, it plays, uh, it reminds me a lot of Dot Hack in the graphics and the way that the story plays out. You literally just select places off of a menu, you go through, different events happen, and then you bump into other characters. I'm going to take a stab and say that the other characters join you, because, as I said, there are three games. The first game actually came out in 2008, I think, and I've only just gotten around to play it. A lot of people would tell you that I'm an insane fan of this series. I've watched the anime, I own all three of the games... There are actually five games, or at least there will be as of next month. The reason I wrote, the reason I'm actually playing this game, is because the PlayStation Vita, which I recently picked up, is going to have a Japanese remake of Hyperdimension Neptunia One, and I was like, I I want to play through and finish Hyperdimension Neptunia One, the original. Yeah, on the PlayStation Three, and then I'm going to pick it up on the Vita because, in fairness. When a game, when I can watch someone else play a game and then one of the main characters, as an insult to another character, calls them thunder tits, I just rolled around on the floor laughing. My wife looked at me as if, like, I don't know, someone had just taken a crap in the she corner. She looked up from Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, pretty much. She was <laughs> like, what the hell just happened there? And I just went back to raiding. Pretty much. <laughs> it was it was amazing. So I thought to myself, you know what, I've got to play this game. It's pretty fun. Look, I'm not going to try and explain it anymore because I really can't. It's just a game you have to play. If you own a PlayStation right. 3... I've just got one last question about Okay. So, you go to these different places. Yeah. And what are you actually doing there? Are you actually, like... Is it, like, 
a level where you're fighting your way through monsters or enemies. Or... You're fighting your way through monsters. Okay, so... And what just... are these monsters? Are they representing anything? Or are they meant to represent, like, moral gardens who want to try and ban the games and all sorts of stuff? Ah, no, here's, uh, here's the like Jack yeah. Thompson in because... there. Oh, God, don't even <laughs> get me started with that jackass. But, right, so... The games industry is about to get completely stomped over. I don't know if you know about... Because I, I say it's all taking the piss out of the game industry and, and gamers in general. It's all kind of a little fun joke. If you don't know, there's a, there's a, there are copy cards on the Nintendo side called R4. Basically what they allow you to do is to insert an SD card into a hacked Nintendo DS game cartridge, the R4 card, and allow you to play ROMs that you download from the internet. You're supposed to really use it for homebrew and, and backing up games, but obviously people are just going to use it for piracy. In Hyperdimension Neptunia, the first game, R4 is basically the same as one of the one of the goddess systems, so like the Wii, the, one of the main characters. She has the same powers and all that. She can copy uh, other players' abilities because she is a copy card. She represents a copy card. The idea is that... The game industry shares are going down. The things that keep the goddesses alive is their market share. That's how I can explain it. They, as they have more shares, they are stronger. It's based yeah. on market share. R4 is obviously a piracy device, so she is taking away from the shares. The idea is that uh, you basically eventually find her, you stop her. You bump into her at the start of the game, so I'm not really spoiling much. In the second game, you've got the the main villain is CFW Magic, which is uh, custom firmware, which is something that happened to the PlayStation 3 years ago. Anyone that's into console gaming will remember when the PlayStation Network got shut down because it got hacked, which was an attack on Sony because they were after... Uh, was it George Hotz, Geo Hot, who He was originally known for hacking the iPhone, and then he hacked the PlayStation 3 to allow people to run unsigned code on it. Basically, you are trying to stop pirates. Pirating devices and right. things that are looking to undermine the game industry. All for funds. If you're a gamer, they're pretty cheap. If you look on places like play.com, you can get them for like £15 each. Yeah. Uh, don't go to places like Amazon or Game, because they'll charge like £40 for them. They... Of course, the ironic thing to, would be to would be to pirate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the ironic thing. Pirates game of fighting pirates. That would be brilliant, guys. Do that. Do that just for funds. No, don't support. No, don't <laughs> support, no. No, don't support, support pirating. Oh no, I say support pirating if you need to. But I mean, for these games, I would really say I would really say support them. The guys behind it also did. I think it was called Mugen Souls or something like that as well. I haven't had a chance to play it, but I own it. It's another part of my shrink wrap pile. I'm not very good at explaining these games, but just look them up on YouTube. A lot of people say that there's some things in there that make them quite uncomfortable, but seriously, I've just kind of told you that one of the characters calls another character Thunder Tits. So, this is the kind of... It's not very. It's not going to be a very mature game. It's all really childish, poking fun at everything. Just have a look at them and just, just play them. Just <laughs> accepting. It's not... You can't be silly. You can't be silly sometimes. And it's Japanese, so it's going to be a There's no point being an adult if you can't be like a child sometimes. Exactly. That didn't really count. That explanation was kind of sucky, but there you go. Yeah. Hyperdimension Neptunia. Great game. Perfect. Thunder tits. <laughs> Thunder tits. Indeed. Thank that could you. be... That could be our podcast catchphrase. Thunder, Thunder tits. tits. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a, that's like a spin-off to Thundercats, really, isn't it? That would be hilarious. Could you imagine that? That, that, is, that, is, that is the porn version of Thundercats, isn't it? Thunder tits. Thunder, t- <laughs> Thunder tits. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my god. Well, thank you, Hyperdimension Neptunia. You make me. Uh, you just made the world a better place. <laughs> oh dear. And, and a porno cartoon. Brilliant. Yeah. So, stuff we're looking forward to, and I think the first thing on, we're both in agreement over this is Watch Dogs. Right. Why? Right. What system first are you going to get Watch Dogs on? Oh, let's see. Let me think about this. Because Watch Dogs. Console or PC? Do I get on console or PC? I own a PC. I love the PC. So I think I'm going to get on the PC. PC. Here's the thing. I have the option of Xbox 360, PS3, Wii U, PC. Yeah. PC again. But I'm not getting on the PC. You're getting on the Wii Poo, aren't you? Yes. I'm going to get it on the Wii U for one very simple reason. The Wii U gamepad. Yes. I, I'm... When you mentioned it, and you said, I thought, well, that's actually quite a clever idea. Because in Watch Dogs, basically, you go around, and if people don't know, and you basically are a hacker, and it's hard, basically, central cargo, and the whole Chicago has been run on a central operating system. Yep. And you are a hacker who's got access to the central operating system. Why anybody would trust a C to a computer operating system, presumably made by Microsoft, which is why it's so easily hacked, of course. Of course, yeah. They they keep downloading patches for every day. <laughs> it takes so long. Yeah. Please yeah. reboot the city. You're like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Imagine across the city, there's all these signs saying, your updates are being installed. Please rate. You wouldn't actually believe the amount of times I've gone up to like a cash machine or whatever, and they've left a message or on one of them little phone... Uh, not my phone boxes. Um, you know, like when you go to a supermarket or whatever, you see like a little booth with a... Yeah. The touch screen on it, and it's got like a little Windows box on it, or you know, like a little drive through window. The most terrifying experience I've ever had was when we went to Disneyland Paris, and I remember looking in the booth that controlled the rides, and it was running on Windows 98, and I thought we're doomed. We're all going <laughs> yeah. to die. Windows, uh, ride.exe is counted a fatal error and mm. requires a restart. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you go around, you can hack, and you've got your mobile phone, which must be a really powerful mobile phone because it can hack everything, you can do things like sell the streetlights to go green so you want to if you're getting chased by the cops you get all the streetlights to go green so there's a massive crash the cops can't get to you it's the Ubuntu edge yeah and you can yeah you can like raise bridges so if you see a bridge you can raise it just so you're about to cross it so you can jump in the cops can't get after you so mm-hmm. it's all about hacking and you can hijack security cameras you can and, security, like and you can actually jump from what I've seen in the videos you can jump from security camera to security camera you don't actually need to see them okay. so you get one security camera and you can see another one you can then jump to that one even if you can't see it from where your original position, so you can sort of work your way around to a building almost by jumping security cameras. And then you can kind of gauge what's there and yeah. what isn't there, and you can plan yeah. your you can plan your route like you would in uh, Rainbow Six. You can indeed. See, um, except about the bad AI. We hope. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, why PC? Just other than the fact that you own a PC, like, is there anything that would pull you to another system? No. Uh, I've said it before, my favourite input is mouse and keyboard. Okay. I don't like cutting pads. I find them unresponsive. I find them clunky. And I'm always running out of buttons on them. Right. And I think, you know, it's for a long time, I've had a PC, which has basically been a little powerhouse, and nothing's really challenged it. And I want it to be challenged, because there's no point having... Like having a, is this why I can't stand the point of buying a sports car with like 500 brake horsepower, because most of the time you'll never use it. Yep. Apart from that one time you get the blast it around like someone on an overtake. But most of the you'll never use it. That's what I feel like. So I want to, now the next generation of consoles are coming out, we're getting the next generation of games, and at long last I can actually put my PC to proper use. No. And yes, actually, no. No, I can instantly just throw that right out the window. Instantly throw that out of the window. Okay, so first off, 
It's going to be a console port when it comes out on the PC. It's going to be a bad console port when it comes to the PC. And for anyone saying, oh, but this is the next generation of consoles. The next generation of consoles have already been tapped out to the max. True. They're x86. They're running like, I don't know, 560 Ti's, if that. True. I will agree with that. But if you look at the game papers they've released, because they've released quite a few demos of just them playing the game. Mm hmm. That does, you got, you can't not die. That looks pretty amazing what they're releasing. He's very good quality graphics. One of the best I've seen. As for you saying that it's going to be a cost port, well, I have to disagree with you because it's not being funny. Of late, it's made by Ubisoft, possibly Ubisoft. Of late, I've found quite a few of the Ubisoft ports have been done very well. Far Cry 3, it's excellent on PC. You can't tell it was, it's a cost game. And lead developers come out and said that he's, he wants a folk. He he's a keen fan on PC and wants to push up. Well, that's just sort of random spool he's coming up with. Mm -hmm. I much as I hate Ubisoft's UPay system as a publisher, I actually quite like the way they do seem to do spend that extra. Unlike like EA and stuff, they do seem to spend that extra bit getting their games just right. So I'm quite happy to prepare to. I'm I feel I'm quite sure it'll be just as good on PC as any other format and. To be fair, most games on PC, they're not like they used to be with the console ports. They have got better. And they do give you extra options. You know, a lot of the games are now giving you more options in the in the PC versions to adjust things than you've yeah, got on the console It depends on the publisher, but yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Bioshock Infinite, you've got extra functions on the PC to adjust your field of view, which you don't normally get mm. a lot of games. They gave you the option there to adjust it, so you could, you've got a powerful enough PC to run. They kind of had to, because people complained, but it's not yeah, that you really the need to do it. The fact that they didn't have to give you it. They didn't have to do it. Mm -hmm. They did. And I just, I think publishers are changing a bit towards PC. I think this negative that PC just gets towards the actually isn't as true as people think. I think most games when you game on PC are just as, run just as well. It depends, again, it depends on the publisher. It depends on the kind of rig you're running. Mm. And it really depends how hardcore you are on PC, because I know a lot of guys that wouldn't, they won't touch it if they realise it's a console port. At all, and uh, do you not think that I feel personally that the term console has virtually lost all its meaning anyway? Because well, next gen it will do because it's just an underpowered PC. Exactly, and not being funny, it's not like the old days where there's less now. I think of in the old good old days, virtually every game system had its own set of games, and eventually you might get one ported from another console to another. Yep. Now they do so much multi-development on multi-platform. You know, it comes out on Xbox, PC, and PlayStation 3, like, within, either within a week of each other, or on the same day. Because they just develop for three platforms. I think the idea of a console port is now a bit of a misnomer. There are still some out there, but I think, generally speaking, most games can't really be called console port. They're just developed multi-platform. There are some games. There are some games that are built more around one game system than others. But you'd be surprised if you look at some like the. Not I'm really a big fan of the um, critics or application sites you get like Metacritic. It's quite often surprising actually how you look when you do look at them. How often that the PC versions often have slightly higher ratings than the others. There's no two ways about it that regardless a PC version is going to be a better. game game graphics sound and you've got to bear in mind if it's released a bit later hopefully I'll pick this from the bugs from the previous version so console games have in some ways been our alpha testers thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> that's if 
they find a fix. If they fix again, it. which goes down to the publishers. Goes down to it. But it does really come. But you could say, to be fair, it's true of any media. Mm-hmm. It depends how much the publishers do, or the, not so much. Probably the developers are allowed to. So, be it public, the developers are prepared to put in extra work to get the it done, basically. But yeah. there are, I think, the publishers have have, have realised there are a lot of PC gamers out there. Yeah, an awful lot. You look at some of the Steam figures. Mm-hmm. PC sales are down, but somehow game sales are up. I think I think the reason they're down is that people just can't afford to upgrade as much as they used to. To people upgrading individual parts yeah. rather than buying a whole new caboose. And I think more people, a lot of PC sales don't take into account the fact that people, lot more people, self building. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say you're not going to. They're not going to be able to track. Say you buy a processor from here, you buy a board from no. over there. They're not going to be able to say. It's Maybe that someone like eBuyer could look and say, well, someone's just bought a new processor, motherboard, RAM, case, and then say that's a PC. That's a PC. But generally speaking, I think if you're doing pre-built systems, I think more people have got as people have got sort of into PCs more because the first PC I had was pre-built. Then as I got more into it, I started building my own ones. And I think that's what's happening to people is I think PC sales may be going down, but that's not, you can't really accept the true indication. It's not like a console where if it sales going down, there aren't people home building Xboxes. I'd hope not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if they were, they'd be doing a better job. There aren't people home building PCs, but there are people home building PCs, so you don't get that. And like me, I won't just go and I'll occasionally buy a whole new PC, but most of the time I'll buy a new component for it. Yeah. I won't buy, and that won't show up as a sale, so I don't think that's a fair, that's a hard one to actually judge that statement. But that's why, well, that's what I'm getting on. I know why you're getting on Wii U, I can guess why. The main reason I like the idea of getting it on the Wii U, I've got a gamepad, I've got a second screen, I've got the touchpad. I don't like, at least in the idea of Watch Dogs, the idea is I pull my phone out of my pocket and I'm hacking. On the PC, PS3, Xbox 360, you're going to get one of these fucking annoying dial-on-screen dealios where I have to select menus on the screen that's going to bust my immersion something chronic. On the Wii U, I start pressing buttons on my screen like I would be on my phone. It just feels like it would be better to me, plus... I can't, who was it? It might have been one of the developers actually said that the Wii U version actually plays better than the, the PlayStation version. I can and Xbox see how that version. would work. So, that's why I would go for the Wii U version. You know, I'm not saying that the PC version will be bad. I just have a funny feeling that they're probably just going to kind of kick it out the door and then work on it later. And the PC gamers are going to complain, ah, oh, it's not as shiny as it should be. Ah, oh, it's this, ah, oh, it's that. Like, yes, we will. And we yeah. always will to evermore. Even when they invent holodex. Yep. It's not good enough. Uh, <laughs> it's not good enough. I, this is one of the Xbox version of the holodeck. The Xbox 10 billion. Nah, this is one of the Xbox version of the holodeck. They'll go you can tell, yeah, you can tell because all the characters all just sort of fall apart every two minutes. Not the PC version there. <laughs> That's a red the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it crashing and you're stuck in it. That would suck. <laughs> oh my god, uh, it's overheating! <laughs> Everyone get out! <laughs> um, there is one... Before I talk about some of the good bits about this, one thing that's annoying me. Okay. I don't know what your personal opinion on collector's editions are. I, if I really love a game, I might consider it. Yeah. And I have, I have, I will admit to buying a few in the past. But generally, I don't. I like buying the normal version, or I might get sort of one. Too. What annoys me is that the collectors they're releasing, they're producing, I believe it's eight different versions of it. Yeah, they are getting a little bit crazy with that. And 
certain missions you only get in certain versions. And you only get, there's four extra missions you only get if you buy the top end clearance, which is the cheapest I've been able to find it is at £60. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cheap, admittedly, but still an awful lot. And let me guess, it's only available in one shop. That was on, I believe it was on Argos. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that was an Argos. I don't know if it still is £60. I might, on spe- it might have been like a special pre-order, but I don't know if it still is. That, that is just normally the fact that I'm having to, as I say, saying is, unless you stump up the extra, because most people say it for 90. Yeah. Unless you stump up the extra 60 quid to buy this game, you're not going to get these four missions. Yeah. I'm basically, I'll probably release them later on. Yeah. But it annoys me that I'm going into that with that experience ruined. Uh, it annoyed me a bit like Deus Ex Human Revolution. That, that basically, when you played it, gave a few extra bits in the game, in the sort of currency and so forth. You got a bit more money, extra couple of weapons to yeah. deal with the pre-order bonus. But you did get an extra mission. That mission was related to a main character from one of the previous games. So, if you're like me, who's a, who's a manic Deus Ex fan, who mm. loves it probably as much as Rainbow Six, you had to buy that version. But, to be fair, I got £45, which is about my sort of upper limit to spend on a credit decision. I'll spend that. But sp- I'm not spending, let's say, for I'm saying, £90 just to get the Forge missions. That's just wrong. And chances are it's all on disc anyway. Yeah. A lot of people who know me personally will know that I hate DLC. Yeah. I hate digital add-ons and extras. It annoys the living hell out of me. Collector's editions, I'm cool with if they give me something physical. Yeah. So something you get... can collect, for example. Yeah, exactly. It's a collector's edition. I want something physical. I don't want to say, mm. oh, yeah, look, you've got a new hat. whoop de fucking do Yeah. You know, just, right, give me uh, give me an art book. Give me the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Or, like, Bioshock 2 gave you the soundtrack on a vinyl. That was marvellous. Yeah, just, like, actually give me something to do with the game. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think now, which we'll be talking about in a little bit anyway. The new Legend of Zelda... Um, what was it called? Wind, Wind Waker. I want to keep calling it Walker. On yeah, <laughs> like loads of people do that when they first, when they first quickly just skim the name from way back on the GameCube. The the HD remake is coming out. The collector's edition comes with a statue. Comes with a figure of the main mm. villain of the series. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, th- I think it's only about forty five pounds for the collector's edition. Think next gen games are going to be sixty quid stock, roughly. The if you buy, there is also actually a, a, a Zelda HD remake Wii U, which comes with a completely reskinned Wii U with all fancy graphics and crap on it, which no one gives a fuck about. If I had to be honest, this obsessed Zelda man. In fairness, I'm going to be buying one. It also comes with uh, the Hyrule Historia, which is a a big old book that uh, gives you all the details about all the different Zelda games, all the different artwork, and all kinds of fancy crap. They're actually giving you Mm. something with this collector's edition, something, as you said, that we can collect. I don't want on-disc DLC. I don't want to have to buy three different versions of the game from different fucking stores because you've had to strike up different deals oh, with on-disc that's DLC. that's really annoying. You sit there and you have to think to yourself, which store do I go to to buy it? Because yep. I, want, I, want, I want to get a, de- a good game, but I want, oh, I want this, but I want that, so do I have to buy two copies? Yep. And particularly, you know, deep down they're going to release it anyway. They're, I've never known, I don't know of any game I can think of that has never ever, after like six months, released it anyway, even for like one ninety nine. But it's still annoying that they do it's it, especially still when it's on the damned disc. disc. 
just yeah. drive me nuts. Like we have it all the time here. That Zelda Collector's Edition only available on Game or Game.co.uk. Which I cannot stand. As Neither a can I. But oh, that's where you just, get it. I just, you know what? It took me one evening. I spent. I want to buy because I used to support Game quite a lot. Yep. I want to even spending forty minutes trying to order a game. And it just kept bouncing me. I had an account with them, mm-hmm. but when I create, they sort of set this new system, and it deletes all my account details and my username, and that was it. All my address details, cards, everything was gone. Yep. Reset them all up, saved all, all saved. Great. Went to buy the game. What's your address? We well, you know my address. Get into. Oh, you need to create an address. I've already done that. Go back in. Try again. Save it. Saved. Okay. Nope. Gone again. So I try. Same with the card is. Certainly had a 40 minutes trying to board this ruddy game. I thought, well, sorry game. I went to go off Steam. Which normally I, I want to I support. Even that game is dearer. I want to support them. It was Skyrim. It was Skyrim I was buying. I want to support them. And I thought, do you know what? I really can't be bothered now. I'm not going to faff around with your silly website. I'm going to go get off somebody else. And this is why the high street is dying. Because the high street retailers, they're giving us so much shit over the internet. You know, bad system design or whatever. Where in your <laughs> case, it wouldn't save the address or your card information. Um, I had it the other day. It wasn't that long ago that I actually bought something from game.co.uk for the life of me. I can't remember what the hell it was. But I went to go and pre-order my wife's birthday present. And uh, it forgot that I existed. And I was like, well, you clearly yeah. know that I, I've bought stuff from you yeah, in the past. Exactly. Where if, is my account? If you're a retailer, part of the most important part of retailing is you can take money off people. If you can't, if they can't give you all their money, you're not going to live very long. Yeah, not- believe it or not, money's kind of important to you guys. You have yeah. more bills to pay than the guy that's just run on a server farm from his back, <laughs> from yeah. the back shed. Yeah. So I've, I've sort of, Lost ties games. I'll just do everything on Steam now. And it's the same if people want to start piracy. You're going to have to make, you know, buying this stuff convenient. Don't make people jump through hoops. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why I like Steam. Cause I know I've, a game went on sale on Steam. I had my wish, I've had my wish list popped up. It's on sale now. Yeah. Went on it. Click buy. Cause my card is saved. Yep. Confirm. Yep. Confirm. Boom. Installing it. 10 minutes later, I was playing it. Job done. Job done. Didn't have to leave the house. I did it at half past 11 at night. Don't do anything. Perfect. That's how game buying should be. It's that's all just about a, that's, that's just as easy as that's easier than torrenting it. Yep. That's but easy. that's the only reason piracy exists, isn't it? Is because it's a distribution thing. It's how easy is it to get hold of? If, if you can yeah. make if you can make a legal system. Yeah, easier to get stuff off than yeah. say a pirated version. Then you're going to go for the one that you can just you know easily pick up from. I've got friends who live in the middle of the countryside, and their nearest town is like where you, the nearest place that sells games is an hour drive away. Mm-hmm. Yes, they could order them, but if they want to get a game, sort of you know you can't just say you you know we've both done it. We've just gone down to the local game shop, had a little browse for or oh, have that. Yep. Took it home, installed it, played it. You can't do that, so they torrent it instead. Because they thought, oh, I'll to play that. They told me, I don't want to wait four or five days for it to come through the post. I'll just taunt it. Which is the other annoying thing. Yeah. Actually, I have to admit, going back to Hyperdimension Neptunia, I ordered some of the games a fair bit ago, and so you order it. It's online. You expect them to process your payment. You said, oh, fuck, I'm just going to bundle it in the post. No. Took a week. They bounced, yeah, they, no, they bounced my card after a week. They hadn't even put it in the post. They said, oh yeah, um, because you've ordered a lot of stuff and shipped it to different addresses, your bank has said, hang on a minute, this is a bit sus. Oh, well, um, well yeah, it's fair address. enough. Which is fair, so I went in and I changed my address. 
I said, no, send it to here. This this address is confirmed with the bank. I've said to the bank, if it's going here, it's fine. So got all that sorted of the bank. Press the button again. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. And then I said, stop it. Just, I, I can't be bothered. I'll find another way to get it. Mm. Because, take my money. I'm giving you my money. But they won't, they won't. High Street, go away. Please. If not, just let me run you and I'll get everything fixed. I'm getting so stressed out thinking about it right now. I can, I just oh. can't... My la- the English fails me right yeah. now. It's just amazing how some people just make it so difficult to buy stuff off them. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And just think, these are big businesses. Yeah. And no wonder games going down the pan. Yeah, they're living in the past. They seem to think they're untouchable and... <laughs> Here comes the internet. Yeah. When you're competing with people like Steam, you've had it. Pretty much. If they sold, I'd tell you what I'd prefer to go to game, if I was in game. If they sold, like, instead of physical discs, you could buy, like, a Steam copy of the game. You know, you bought, like, a just a little gift card almost. So they'd have to activate so you couldn't just steal it and take it home. That had the game serial key on it. So you get it, buy a gift card for... It cost them a lot less to stock on the shelves, so the game could be cheaper. You buy it, took it home, put it into Steam, you got the game. I'd probably still consider using them because I'd like to support them. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, they, they just, they, you still have to go and buy physical media, not being funny, as we spoke to earlier. Physical media, I mean, who has it anymore? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I understand with, with consoles, but the next generation of consoles is going to be going, they're trying to go digital. Yeah, but to be fair, as, I do have a sort of caveat to that, and this actually, I'm almost about to contradict myself. Before I had fiber optic in my area, I had two megabit connection with a company called Talk Talk, and it is the wor- It was the worst connection ever. But it was a nightmare trying to download something. Yep. Now, not so much for me because I could just see my PC on all night and go away. My sister and mother play games together, and they play on console. They don't like the idea of being stuck with digital distribution because for them, having to wait for it to download could, you know, they, they want to just be able to play a game. They don't want to sit there and wait for it to download. And if you have an area where you can't get decent internet connection, yeah. you know, do you know there's still parts of this country that can't get broadband? Mm-hmm. Yes, if exactly. you buy a console, you're screwed. Pretty much. You know, you, you can't, you, what are you going to do? Wait on dial up? That's the same as what they said with the, the Xbox One and the always on DRM where it would have to phone home every like 24 hours or yeah. whatever. Fire's if you haven't got a decent internet connection, that console is effectively a brick even if you own the disc. Exactly. So. Because I don't know, I don't know actually you'd be physically possible to get to a dial up connection. I don't think it'd be physically possible. Probably not. Unless you had a router that could support dial up. Well, where are you going to go with those these days? Welcome back to the Stone Age. Yeah, but this is a point that people do face. And you're cutting out some of the community just because of your silly always on DRM. Yep. But that's, that is how they're thinking of going with consoles. So, hey, PC gamers used to bitch and cry when, you know, when Steam first, you know, hit, hit the shelf, well, hit our hard drives. A lot of people didn't like Steam. I didn't like Steam. It was only maybe three years ago that I started using Steam Ooh. when I had kids because my kids destroy discs. Well, they used to destroy discs. So the idea of having a digital download they couldn't destroy was, you know, it was a yeah. pretty cool I thing. They could just delete your Steam account. Yeah, well, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's that. I sh- 
don't talk it up. <laughs> don't talk it up. You know, they, they, they said eventually, you know, PC gamers love Steam now and, and uh, I, all that I, kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, I do enjoy Steam. So why can't consoles go like that as well? Because consoles are a different market. Yeah. Consoles are for the... I'm going to end up getting slapped for saying this. You know, consoles are for the guys that maybe don't have super hardcore internet connections, that yeah. don't mind physical media, that like to have their games stuck on a shelf behind yeah. them to look at. I don't... I think there is... There's always a, there's always a hardcore every generation, but I think the hardcore PC gamers are really hardcore. Yeah. And I don't think there are many console gamers who call themselves hardcore who put a patch on PC gamers hardcore because they live and breathe it. Mm-hmm. I've got friends who... PC, the PC gaming is his life, pretty much. He's always fitting his PC, overclocking and so forth, yeah. which kind of don't do. They're, and I do have hardcore console games on who plays it a lot. There's, you know, they don't really get into it. They really sort of, that's what I think that, but, but trust most consoles, people who play consoles, they're more casual is probably the best word. When people think casual gaming, they think things like Facebook gaming, which is yeah. mainly a PC focused thing. Or Nintendo gaming. Or Nintendo. Nintendo. But, Really, most console gamers, a lot of them are casual gamers, in a way. They don't want to. My, I said, my parents said, my mum said, don't want to have to face up with digital distribution, have to have an always-on connection. They don't want to do it. They get fed up and they have to install the games to the hard drive. I remember they had to install, we had to install Bioshock to the hard drive so my sister could play it. It took it an hour and a half to install it. Actually, the the PlayStation Three is horrible for that. I've actually seen people wait forty minutes. For the mm. game to install off the disc, you then start the game, and then ask for an update. So you then have to go to the internet, download the update, and this it takes yeah. so long. The other thing with digital distribution on consoles: so the average console comes with a craptastic size hard drive. Yeah. I mean, there's a PlayStation Three down by your feet that has a maybe three twenty gig hard drive in it. Yeah, which isn't a lot. It's full. We've got an Xbox 360 with a USB hard drive on it. It's JTAGged, it's hacked so that I can play games off the hard drive. 500 gig hard drive, it's full. The OUYA only takes, it will only allow me to play games that are installed on the damned system. Yeah. It's full. If I want to play another game on that machine, I have to delete the game. Yes. And then re-download another game. And yeah. I'm like, oh crap, I don't want to play that so, anymore. Just imagine back in the day how we used to get the old memory cards that used to hold like 16 saves and how frustrating it was, oh, I've only got this one memory card. I only, only game. I've got to delete the save I least want. Yeah. Or then you get games that used to take four slots up. That's basically what's going like. The PC version, oh, I'll just slap another hard drive in. Yep. And, you know, for something like Steam, Steam, if either can, you can just, all you have to do if you want to move Steam, you simply delete all the common, most of the folders, but you then just leave the EXE and the, and the game files, copy it to another hard drive, double click the EXE, and it'll completely sort itself out again so it knows where it is. Yep, yeah, I actually used to run my Steam library. Oh my god, here we go. PC Gamer Rage is going to come and slap me down. I actually used to run my Steam library off of an external hard drive. Yeah, to be thing. to be fair, you've got pretty good. Yeah, once the game's loaded, you know it's people could play about. Like, I don't really worry about loading. Load time is time for me to go get a cup, can of drink, or yeah, exactly, pour a beer out, or if I'm feeling a bit drained, I'll pull up Captain Morgan's out. <laughs> as you do, <laughs> as you do. I mean, I render video. Okay, a lot of people say, "Oh, but that takes fucking forever. I need a faster PC." There's like at least eight hours a day when you're not sat at your PC. Yeah. Let it do its thing. 
I don't care how long something takes as long as it gets done. That's how I always used to do my virus scans as well. I used to do them overnight. I mean, are you, the most okay. terrifying thing in the world when all of a sudden you get woken up by alert virus detected. Oh, yeah. shit. A, a virus used to have that sort of, you know how in the, in the subs they used to have that sort of warning aruga noise? A virus used to have it. Yeah, the alarm used to yeah. go off. Yeah, coins make me jump out of bed. <laughs> I thought the house was burning down. <laughs> you dive over to your PC, trip yeah. over your PC, knock it over, it'll be destroyed. Because at five o'clock, Pose for, oh no, it's just the PC. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the trouble with my rig, like with my rig back in the day, little history lesson for you. A couple of houses ago, my PC used to be rigged up to a set of garden speakers. So if one of those alarms used to go off and it was connected up to my surround sound, my neighbours didn't like me very much. No, you'd think it was an error. Oh. <laughs> I remember toilet speakers. The very f- I remember when I first bought my five point one surround sound system for my PC. I remember installing it. I remember playing the first game I remember playing was it was Heroes of Might and Magic, Magic Dark Messiah, and that that and that supported five one, and that was amazing because I could hear the sounds behind me. Boy, did I get a shock in my life when a zombie came up behind me and I heard from over my shoulders. <sighs> Good, and I looked over my shoulder in real life. I actually looked over my shoulder. I think, what the hell? Oh no, it's in the game. Immersion. Yeah, immersion. This is somewhat. The, the, imagine when they when they finally get the um, Oculus Rift working. Those can you just gonna see people just screaming in these horror games. I'm just gonna be walking around with adult diapers all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel we've got off topic. Poor Watchdogs was discussing it. We haven't talked really about the game, have we? Sorry, Watchdogs. Sorry, Watchdogs. You're gonna be a good game. You are good. There was one thing I was really worried about. Watchdogs. Mm. They showed videos where the guy was playing, and all of a sudden he he himself is being hacked. And that was another player from another game. It's sort of coming to his game. Yeah, so it's like a Dark Souls style. Yeah. And I instantly hated it. Okay. Right. We spoke last month how I like to get into character. We always talk about my perfect MO, which didn't have any other players. In case you missed it, basically, my MO has no players in it at all apart from me. Well, if you're playing a single player campaign, you want it to be single player. Exactly, exactly. And then I saw this, I thought, oh no. I'm not going to have to play this game because at any point some horrible dick some from, I'm going to go from a little 12 year old dick is going to come from his game he's going to come ruin my experience and yes I can go back and shoot him or kill him or whatever, but I thought oh I can't have this I was so thankful after I, was, I did some frantic Google searching and I was so thankful to find that you can switch it off you can yeah. switch it off thank goodness for that because I will not have somebody else even ruin my fun no, no, I understand that one. I understand that. It's, if I want to sit down and play a, a single-player game or a single-player campaign, yeah. I'm going to play a single-player campaign. If I want to play co-op or if I want to play versus, yeah. I will go. I will click the button to go there. I don't want to say maybe be in the middle of doing something and then have some little tosspot coming and ruin it for me. Oh yes, I mean that was just. I just. I remember watching that video and I just thought, what a dick. Actually, I just want to go into something else as well. Actually, since we've been talking about next gen and you know digital downloads and all this crap, there's been a lot of talk. I don't know how true it is of a lot of the videos coming out for these next gen console games actually being run on high end PCs instead yes. of the actual hardware. There are. Come on, guys, seriously. And for any, I'm going to say it again, like I did last time. Anyone that thinks that their Xbox One or PlayStation 4 is going to compare to my PC. <laughs> That's it. I think the thing to bear in mind is that is that 
Games are built on PCs. They're not developed on a console. They're built on a PC and then made to work on the console. Given that these consoles are basically now just jumped up PCs, why wouldn't they just basically, why go to the hassle of sort of finalising it for the console when they just run on a PC for the demos? That's all they're doing. It's because they thought, well, it's going to be easy enough to change anyway, so there's no point. It's fair for around. We'll just use the PC. It's not like when the console games, they want to have to actually had to physically run on the console. Then they had to sort it out. But now they just don't bother. Because it is, let's be honest, basically, I'm going to call it now, when you're buying a console, you're not buying a console, you're buying a pre-built PC that plugs into your TV. Yep. You, you, can might, now, you yeah. might as well go buy an Alienware and plug it into your HDMI port on your TV. It's the yep. same difference. Pretty much. Except you've got a fancy overlay and a fancy operating system on it. Pretty much. Which is less useful than a PC operating system. Pretty much how it is yeah. now, yeah. yeah. I, ca- I can't argue with you there at all. Mm. There's nothing I can say about this. They're... Running what two year old graphics cards, thereabouts. No, it's slightly faster. Remember, I think the PlayStation 4 is using DDR5. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the key thing. I, mean, I, I do think they are going to be better than you for their spec, they're going to be better than you think. Yeah, but I've because, already seen benches of them, and they're not. Yeah, what I mean is they're going to be better than you for what they real paper. They're built a bit, they are built more bespoke. They're optimised. They're optimised, yes. For what they do. And also the other thing to bear in mind is they are, they are really there primarily to play games. So they, the programming behind them, the operating can be built around that. Yeah. Whereas a PC, which is running Windows, has got to do lots of things. It yeah. doesn't, when you install Windows, it has no idea if you're a gamer or someone working in an office writing Word documents all day. It doesn't know, so it has to be uh, such a narrow thing, which is good. Mm. I like that. I like the fact that my PC, you know, I'm in the middle of a game session, oh, I can just alt-tab, check my emails, oh, no, fine, alt-tab, back in, I'm done. Whereas on a console, I'd have my, la- my laptop sat next to me to do that. Yeah, which is actually kind of sad, because I usually do. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, I don't know, you probably like me, I mean, most PC games like me, when you're running your computer game, you've probably got like a DVD, or, or in my case, Netflix on one screen, you've got probably a Word document open somewhere else, you might have a Visual Studio open if you're me. Yeah, well, normally in my case. Or, or hogging all your memory and all your resources from your game. But you just do it anyway, you think, oh, I'm just going to quickly ch- check out this and do stuff, you know. I'm just going to comment that. And yeah, then. exactly. It's, they are more versatile. I mean, you're now sat in front of my setup, a uh, 32-inch 1080p display, and then a smaller display on the side. I game on my 32-inch. I'm like literally sat on top of this damn thing, and I have yeah. a small monitor to the side, which I'll use for live streaming. Have I'll have Skype open up on it? I'll have yeah. um, system yeah. resources running on it, just so I can check everything. And I have play multiple sets. I've always found them a little bit annoying though, in some ways, because if the game isn't built with it in mind. Manhunt. I remember playing Manhunt multi monitor setup, mm-hmm. and the trouble was that they hadn't told the game that when you were in game there was like an edge of the screen. So what happened is if you had like I used to have like um, I used to be really sad I used to have a DVD playing when I was playing the game, so I'd have that on the back when I was playing. That'd be on my second screen. I'd play on my first screen, but if I moved the mouse too far to the right, I'd go off that screen onto the second screen. The yeah. Was playing. Simple things like that, which, you know, really, guys, when you develop a game, that's a pretty basic theme. A lot of people have multi-mile setups. You should program that in. I actually and quite like having that happen, to be honest, as a live streamer. I need that. To as happen. a live streamer, yes, I can see. But when you are, say, using your mouth to turn, and you're turning to your right, and then you go off the screen, you've stopped turning. Yeah. That would be annoying. Yeah, because your mouse does move as you're playing. It's sort of, you can't see it. The cursor is moving across the whole screen while you're playing. And it's gradually working its one way or the other, and eventually it's going to work its way off. I can see what would be useful for live streaming, but... 
I mean, I actually, I actually remember us having this same kind of conversation about how PCs are optimized. It's, it's amazing what Windows does. As much as we kind of dog on it, that it it's, works with so much. I have not seen it. I mean, in all seriousness, I know we, we, I pick on Microsoft quite a lot, and we all do. But I have a lot of sympathy for them because I wouldn't know where to start designing an operating system. Hell no. You think of all the stuff it's got to do. I have a great deal of sympathy for them. So. I know we're ranting you, Microsoft, but you know I use your old products. Yeah, I use them every. I use them every day, and I'm gonna. I'm touching lots of wood now. Uh, so far, it's not done anything wrong to me. Touch wood, touch wood, go. touch wood. Right, where's your head? Blockhead. <laughs> yeah. So far, nothing's gone made wrong with it. I've not had to redo anything, and my PC's now what a year old, and usually you get some sort of. But no, it's all running fine. So, to be fair, it's all right. Two yes. years old, nobody had a catastrophic hard drive. Fairly. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. That's again, it's not Windows' fault, was it? Might have been bastards. <laughs> wasn't Windows infiltrating your hard drive and taking out? But did you pay for our software? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are noises, but there's not about everything, and I'd I'd much rather live with it than live without it. Yeah. Genius. Genius. So, we got anything else we want to looking forward to at all? Right, I'm going to have to go off on a on a quick list of things that I'm looking forward to, much like the games, because pretty self-explanatory. So I've already mentioned that the Zelda Wind Waker HD remaster, which was a GameCube game, is coming out on the Wii U, apparently September 20th in the States, so it's just gone, and October 4th. Just a couple of weeks away. Which is uh, which is marvellous for us. Then, to or go might with already that, with you if you're running when this podcast goes up. Yeah, by <laughs> the time this goes up, it'll probably be, oh, I don't know, <laughs> late October. <laughs> by the time this podcast goes up, we'll be waiting for the sequel. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll be waiting for the Wii U 2. Yeah. But then we've got the Wii U price drop, which is supposed to go along with that game. Yeah. I haven't actually seen any evidence that the price of the Wii U is going to drop all that much in the UK. <laughs> but in the States... <laughs> The Wii U will drop in price, the game will go up in price. Wouldn't surprise me, but I mean, because here's... Okay, look. Game.co.uk. They're listing the collector's edition, the Zelda collector's edition of the Wii U for 250 quid. If you buy the normal Wii U Deluxe Edition, which comes with the Zelda collector's edition, if you buy the Zelda collector's edition version, the normal version costs more. (laughs) So you get more if you buy the collector's edition for less. Doesn't that sort of goes against the idea of a credit edition, really? God, God, I hate people sometimes. Staying calm. Yeah. I think, while we're talking about the Wii U mm. and Nintendo, I think it's only right and proper that we mention that a couple of, about a week or so ago. Now, I'm going to ask you to pronounce the names. I don't do Japanese Actually, names. I can't, I can't even... Let me have a look at it just to make sure that I get it right. Because I'll probably get it completely wrong. Here we go. Hiroshi, uh, was that Yamuchi? I can't even remember what he's saying. Let's, name, let's say it's so yeah, Hiroshi Yamuchi. Uh, who was the. Yamuchi. Yeah. He was the. He was head of Nintendo for 53 years. He turned it from a. What they used to make? It was a card company. It was a card yeah, trading company. card company, wasn't it? Yeah. He turned that to electronics and is probably responsible for the SNES, the NES. Yeah, I mean, he was in charge of the company all the way from the Famicom, which was the NES to us, yeah. all the way up to the GameCube. 2002, 2002 when he left, left and he handed it over, and he has now died. Yep, it was, uh, from what I hear, complications of pneumonia. pneumonia. That's 
pretty insane. I mean, think about it. If he didn't have pneumonia, he could have. It was 85, and that's quite, I mean, so he's ugly, and by definitely we can doubt the impact he had on the gaming scene, because a lot of what Nintendo did was, in many ways, copied by Sony, by Microsoft. Sony, Sega, even going as far back as Sega. Yeah, I mean, you can't, he had had incredible influence in the game, and unfortunately he's died. So, um, R.I.P. to Hiroshi. Hiroshi. Gonna have a swig of my cup of tea. Moment of silence. Yeah, talk amongst yourselves. Right enough. Right <laughs> enough. Right. Back onto happier news. I don't, I'm actually kind of gobsmacked though, because to be fair, think about how much changed whilst he was in charge. Yeah. And there were only a couple of flops really on Nintendo's books at that point. At that po- at that point, yeah. Um. <laughs> but again, a- lots of companies had flops. Yep. PSV Vita. <coughs> hey man, <laughs> I just, believe it or not, the PlayStation Three actually overtook the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty at one point. At one point, for yeah. like, for like, I can't even remember if they're, it was, if they're it still. Was for like, it was when the moons aligned correctly, wasn't it? Yeah, and then the gates of hell opened, and yeah. Sarge came busting yeah. through with his BFG. And yeah, and, then, <laughs> and the head of Sony sacrificed a goat. Actually, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. I think they had a massive. They actually bowed. One of the longest recorded bows in history was done by Sony. (laughs) Wow. I think when it comes to sort of bizarre, slightly odd things to do, Sony's quite a good place to go to because I do get the feeling that people who run it aren't quite all the ticket. Particularly when it comes to their advertising. Oh, God, yeah. Do you remember... have like a doll that was I remember that. Uh, Do you remember I'm the Wolfman? That there's a guy says, I'm the Wolfman, I'm just he's running on this rocket. And it's about Sony gaming. And I still can't quite see the link. It sounds like a Craig's desk skateboard advertising. You have to, you have to look at this on YouTube. It was bizarre. Iron the Wolf. It just didn't make. It was, and it's it British dubbed as well, so I don't know whether it's like redone from another country. It mm. felt very Japanese because they do like the sort of weird stuff, don't they? <laughs> See, that's what I tried to say with Hyperdimension Neptunia. It's just weird, man. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Well, it is Japanese, you know. Uh, but I don't know. In fairness, though, the. Actually, I said this is about the PlayStation Vita. I haven't played a single game on it since I've got it. Oh, well. <laughs> I've just been watching videos on it like I can watch <laughs> on my phone or on my computer. <laughs> I mean, they're not bad, that bad. I probably still prefer Nintendo over Sony. I yeah. probably always will. Though I found that as I've gotten older, I've kind of swung more towards Sega, which is kind of odd. Really? So, you know... I I, know, I, always, I saw Mr. Nintendo SNES and stuff. I never had a SNES. I never had a... Didn't you start in PlayStation 2? Uh, yes. Which was 2001, 2000. You basically was, came into into console gaming when Sega got kicked the fuck out. Yeah, I. No, my sister was going to get a Dreamcast. We weren't going to get a Dreamcast, you know, because we had a Sega. Me- our previous console was a Sega Mega Drive. I love the Sega Mega Drive. <laughs> yeah, that was our previous console. So of course, when we went to get a new one, we thought, "Oh, get a Sega Dreamcast," because we like the Mega Drive. It's a good console. Yeah. Um. But then, of course, they went bust not long after we started to do that. So we got the um, PlayStation 2 and so we put, put pre-ordered the PlayStation 2 instead. Hmm. Would you ever think of maybe nostalgia reasons? Do you ever think you maybe might pick up a games console, like an older games console? I think the trouble is, unless... Talking about Tower Rose Tinge Goggles again, unless you remember playing those games at the time, I think it might be hard to go back to them. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's like, we talk about Rainbow Six, I went back to a natural fact, it's like, I like this, but quite is bad, isn't it, in many ways. Mm. 
And I think if I want to play that sort of like Sonic again, I reckon I'd probably find it very clunky in many ways. Yeah. Um, so I've never had the desire to play an old game. You know, I've never played, you know, I've never played a Mario game at all, ever, in my entire no, life. Never. You better make sure you never touch a Mario game now, because they're going to put you in a museum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I should perhaps, at some point, perhaps watch one on YouTube just so I know what it's about. We've done a Let's Play. Yeah. And <laughs> we will be doing a couple. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can go back and play Atari games. I grew up playing in arcades. I used to go down the arcade with my parents and, you know, we'd have, you know, 20 pence pieces stacked up along the screen of the arcade machine and we would just hammer these things into these machines and play games. I'd go home, I had games, consoles. As I say, I had PCs though. So, I mean, I don't care what it is. It could be an Atari 2600. It could be a top-of-the-line game in PC. Right now, I could go back and do both. I just remembered I had a Commodore 64 as well. Oh, that's actually how it got started. Commodore 64. I, had, uh, I still have it. I have. Although my Commodore 64 seemed to be different to everybody else's. Because mm. it said Commodore 64 on it, but it was Amiga. Right. But it was, it was Amiga, Commodore 64, but it was like everybody else's seemed to be like more square, seemed very long. Interesting. It looked like it was basically a keyboard, and you had a little disc, uh, put little floppy disks in the side. That was probably an Amiga A500. But it said Commodore 64 on the top. That's interesting. We might have to look. I feel I've up. still got it at home somewhere. We're gonna have to look. At, we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna, we're gonna raid the like, raid my loft and find this game. That, I mean, I've had loads. Oh, I always play Dizzy on that. Yeah, you know Dizzy. Yes, I do. Um, I used to play Flimbo's Quest, Clax, Fiendish Freddy, um, which was a sucks game. And uh, Outrun, actually, one of my favourite Sega games was um, sixty four. Was uh, I played that on the Commodore sixty four? Outrun, and um, was it they had Outrun, and then one of my other favourites was Hang On, which were checkpoint races. Mm. I still play Hang On and Super Hang On and Outrun to this day. <laughs> so gotta love them retro consoles. Yeah, so yeah. Mm. Anything else we need to mention? Alright, other things I'm looking forward to. Right, the Canon 70D. When I originally put that in the notes for this episode, it hadn't been released. Now it's out, and I am crying. I want one so bad. It is a, basically, it's an update to the Canon 60D, which is a DSLR, which I shoot video on. It's a stills camera with video. The thing that makes the 70D better than the 60D is that it it's has... seven in the name? Well, yeah, there's that. Uh -huh. And it costs a lot of money. It has, I can't remember what it's called, is it like dual, uh, like dual CMOS technology or dual pixel CMOS technology? It's basically, it's got a really awesome uh, continuous autofocus system. If you are shooting video professionally, if anyone ever said to me they were shooting with their autofocus, if they were using autofocus on a DSLR, I would punch them square in the face because I would say there is no way that you could pull focus from one object to another accurately every time with autofocus because they're, at least on DSLRs, they kind of, they track focus. They're like, oh, there it is. No, it isn't. There it is. No, it isn't. And you'd get this really horrible thing where it's seeking focus. Yeah. You just can't quite tell when it's yeah, in focus. Yeah. One minute it's like, right, so you say, I want to focus on, say, the television in front of me. It would zoom all the way out, zoom all the way, or like focus all the way out to the furthest it can. Focus all the way back into, say, the closest range, and then it would kind of seek out, seek in, seek out, seek so in. So to try and decide yeah, where it, the best focus was. 
So look at the extreme to work its way down. Yeah. I suppose it makes sense in a way because it needs until it can't tell where the best is until it now, fiddles with it. In stills, it's incredibly quick. But in video, it's so slow and jerky. You can see it. It would make you sick if you actually watched it in video. So you'd manually do it yourself. You'd actually take your hand and say, right, there you go. You'd actually twist the, the focus ring and you would manually pull focus. So it would be quick and to the point. The 70D, the focus system, it does it. It does it the same as how I would manually pull focus. You literally tap on the screen and it does it. One shot straight there. And it does it accurately enough to where I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I have seen people use f1.8 aperture lenses. These are incredibly shallow depth of lenses with incredibly shallow depth of fields. So basically like it could be uh, millimeters from what's in focus to what's out of focus. It could continuously focus at f1.8. So like literally a millimeter's difference between say, like, let's say my, the corner of my eye is in focus, but everything from the corner of my eye back is out of focus. So it's all blurry and like you're focused on the eye. I could not track focus manually like that. No. But that camera seems to be able to. It's still a bit picky in places, but holy crap, that would be a helpful thing to have. If I was running gun shooting single solo with no one else there to help me pull focus. Amazing camera. I'd like one. Can't afford one. <laughs> yeah. But that's, a, that's, like, a, that's all sell a kidney type money for that. It's only about a £1,000, so it's not quite a, a 5D oh, Mark III. Long, then. It's not quite a 5D Mark III, which I think still goes for about two grand, two and a half grand, which is a very nice camera for video, but uh, I'd still rather have the 70D just for that focus system. Maybe one day I'll have that as my main camera and then have the 60D as my secondary camera. I don't need a full-frame camera. I'll explain that another day if anyone's interested. The last kind of thing I'm interested in, you've just gone and slammed the PlayStation Vita. I've slammed the PlayStation Vita all the way up to the price drop. I literally got a 250 quid bundle for 160. So I, I'm not going to complain there. Plus the Hyperdimension Neptunia and Fantasy Star Online are on the PlayStation VR, and I love Fantasy Star Online. I'm a bit of a, a Fantasy Star Online whore. Yeah. Which has We've best... had our arguments on Fantasy Star Online. I love Fantasy Star Online. But the last thing is the PlayStation Vita TV. Mm. What that basically is, is a PlayStation Vita. You take away the screen. You take away the controls. You basically put it all into a little tiny set-top box. Uh, like the Apple TV or whatever, just a little tiny thing that you put in front of your telly, connect up to your TV, you connect up your PlayStation 3 control, you can play PlayStation Vita games on your fucking telly. Right. Doesn't that sort of... Given that a PS3 Vita is meant to be a portable console, doesn't this kind of ruin the point? But what's to say that you don't want to play PlayStation Vita games on your telly? Look, who's to say, years ago, you'd say, oh, I've got a Game Boy, or I've got a Game Boy... Why does it look so much better if I played it on the TV? Well... Oh. Go forwards and say, well, I've got a PlayStation 2, why can't I take it with me? Why can't I take my PlayStation 2 game with me? Well, the whole point of the PlayStation Vita is that it's supposed to be... Uh, it is a portable PlayStation 3. Mm. Like the PSP before it was a portable PlayStation 2. What happens, because now the PlayStation 3, you just got fucking games you couldn't even... There's no way you could have that on a, on a, on a portable, on a, on a handheld. Imagine... So you've got your PSV, uh, you've just, you've been out and about, you want to then continue your save game or whatever on your telly. You can literally just put your game, you take your game out your Vita, plug it into your, into your PS Vita TV, sit down on your fucking couch and you continue playing the games. And the graphics on these things aren't bad. 
they look pretty damn good. They're just slightly lower res PlayStation 3 games. I know consoles aren't going to be PC style, but seriously, for what it is, for what I can kind of almost put in my pocket if I'm wearing a pair of fat ass jeans, it looks good. Mm. It really does look pretty good. I don't doubt the power in it. PlayStation Vita TV, pretty sweet idea. And it streams PlayStation 4 games. So you can remote play PlayStation 4 games. Let's say, for example, my kids want to use the telly. I want to play a PlayStation 4 game. I could go into the bedroom with the PlayStation Vita TV and stream the game over my local network. That's pretty cool. Pretty pretty clever kit. It's going to be uh, competitive to the Apple TV as well. So you've got Sony's video network, Sony's fucking stupid music network that no one uses that I'm tempted to get because... <laughs> Because you like to be the old one out and have all these stuff that no one uses. Yeah, pretty much, because I know it's not going to fucking die on me. I'm swearing a lot now. So, well, we are rated on iTunes as, as explicit, so I, I have I, I tune to account of our swearing. I'm allowed to say fuck five times, which I've probably already done Yeah, you are. Times. We have got a parental advisory on our website as well. <laughs> <laughs> Please be careful, let your children listen to this, otherwise they may become nerds. That's all my fault, and yeah. his fault. And to be fair, fault. I did start it by saying bullshit right at the start. Okay, I blame you. Fair enough. It's your fault. We, we lost our Humanitas uh, right from the start. Yeah, I, I sort of, I opened the door, you just walked through it. Yeah, I, well, no, it's okay, a little bit. I sort of opened the door and had a peek through to cross the night, and you just sort of barged through after me. <laughs> just like kicked the door through. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Uh, um, I don't think there's anything else I can say about the okay. TV. Just, it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. I'm just getting into that kind of stuff, I yeah. suppose. It's just handy to have. Oh, all right, fair Paper enough. Paperweight. <laughs> Paperweight. Good thing to spend just money a, on. It's just something else to clutter on your PC desk, because, I mean, not be funny, where are your PCs at the moment? We've got an... Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh... Oh, I can never pronounce it. It's oh, right. yeah. I'll go through the desk, just quickly. No one's really interested. We've got the two monitors. One of them's practically hanging off the edge. Microphone arm, a couple of three-terabyte hard drives. We've got the ooh, yeah... Boxes of memory cards, set of speakers, keyboard, headphones, gaming mouse, PlayStation Vita, Wii U control pad. On the side of the desk, we've got an Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Wii U, couple of extra hard drives. Uh, I Basically, you're not. He's not short of game co gaming consoles at his fingertips. You don't even want to know what's in the drawers. We've got Game Boys, DSs, some <laughs> raspberries in there as well, I believe. Yeah, Raspberry Pis, PSP. More of your control pads. Yeah. So yeah, when basically this is a little gaming Nevada here, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I like all. In fairness, I like all systems. I grew up with consoles and you know home computers. Yeah. So, so much so slam consoles and big up PCs and how much I slam PCs and big up consoles. I like them both. Depends what depends. Yeah. It depends what I want to play at the time. Yeah. So I'm not going to be playing Quake on my Super Nintendo. No. Okay. I thought we'd have a quick look. Sort we mentioned all previous a few things in our previous podcast. I thought we worthwhile perhaps just going over quickly. Okay. Very quickly. So my I call this section flashback. Oh, flashback. Flashback reminds me of an old Amiga game actually. Flashback. <laughs> That's how do you, we should just call that all our intros. Flashback. Flashback. And there's like a shine and a laser beam sound. <laughs> Thunder tits. Thunder tits. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so I finished Brickball Riches, Dishonored okay. Brickball Riches, which I mentioned last podcast. How'd it go? Very good. Dishonored, Blade of Dunwall, first part of the DLC. First level was 
okay. Second level is really good. Third level is rubbish. This one will bring more riches. First level, good. Second level, very good. And that's like massive. It's got, okay. it's it, like kept going. You know, when you get those games where it just don't seem to end, you think, oh, I've finished now. Oh no, it's got more. Yeah. Third level, marvellous. You can tell it's designed by people who played a lot of Thief because the ending of it is very similar. Similar, um, Very similar. Okay. Only criticism, I mentioned before, you have low and high chaos. You get high chaos by killing lots of people. There is a point in that game where you have to make a moral decision. Now, I, it's hard to explain it, so this is going to be a spoiler. If you don't want to hear this, jump two minutes ahead. Or maybe three. Or four. Or four. I or can't, just stop listening trust, to the I can't podcast. tell until we actually say it. But <laughs> just jump ahead. This is a spoiler. Okay. You have to go to this textile factory, which is okay. one by this guy who's basically on death's door. And he's been kept alive by this doctor. And what basically is Dodger saying, he's the only one who speaks to him. He'll basically relay orders from this guy to the factory of who to attack. Because basically he's been won by sort of a gang now. Okay. But they're still making stuff, but they're sort of a, a they're like group of tailors gone bad. Okay. They sort of attack people and everything. They're called the Hatters. There you go. Okay, why not? Uh, why not? Um, so you get to see him, you get to see the doctor, and he'll basically, and you're, you're actually there to get a missing part okay. for a ship which they stole. And it's down lockdown, so it's in the basement behind a door which you can't open. It's got a key code to get to. You can't open it. You can't find it in that part of the level, but unless you know where to look for it, you can't find it. Okay. So you go see this chap and this doctor, and the doctor says to you, right, if you go and invest, turn the water on for our water wheel, I'll give you the key code. You can distract there. You can, there's a little trick you can do to distract this doctor out of the room so you can talk to the guy. And the guy basically says, Dot is not, I'm in a living hell here. I want to die. Right. And the doctor's keeping him alive for his own purposes, for his own sort of power grab, because he's playing this guy, he's telling the guy's instructions. Now, from a moral point of view, the good option is to kill the guy, and, and so the doctor basically can't use him, because he's been kept alive in pain against his will. The doctor's rigged this guy up to like this poisonous gas that will kill everyone in the factory if he dies. There's an antidote for it, which you can take. But experience it, but everyone actually dies. So basically, your choices are leave this guy in eternal torment and get your low chaos ending, because you haven't killed anybody, or do what he wishes and kill him and kill a factory, get high chaos ending. Which seems to be counterproductive to the whole idea of low and high chaos. I wouldn't mind if there was a way you could like disable the system so you could kill him. That would have been a nice fine, but then you seem to be a cop out. Yeah. So apart from that, that was my thing about it, but Definitely worth welcome back. I hope I guessed it right. If not, I've just ruined the game for you. Worth a purchase, right? Um, anything you like to talk about in flashback? Oh, god, well, we were going to cover Final Fantasy 14. Is it worth a sub now? They fixed the server side issues, yes. Although I've played it a lot, I've probably not played it enough to keep up with a lot of people that I'm supposed to be playing it with. But it's still a great game. How much is it a month? It's actually cheaper than most other MMOs. Something about £6 a month. That's not bad. So it's it's worth £6 a month. Easily worth £6 a month. We're actually... We're paying for mine and my wife's subscription and paying less than what we're paying for her Secret World subscription. Really? So, yes. So... There you go. You can really? have two accounts in Final Fantasy XIV for the price of one somewhere else. Fuck World of Warcraft. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Well, that's our flashback. 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 Thunder.
tits. I'm sorry, I'm hyped to mention Neptunia. I've got to say it again. I love you so much. That was mm. just so good. <laughs> uh, so, we're now on to my, my ferret section. Weird news. Oh, God. What have we got this time? It's a month's worth of weird news. How I've, many have I've been very careful. I've, it's four of them, like last time. Okay. I've filtered out the ones I think are the weirdest. There were a few which I saw dropped. Okay. Luke, have you ever had a parking fine? No, I ride you a motorcycle. You know anyone? Well, have you never had anyone to have a parking fine? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Probably a few. Do you know how much do they pay? They got their the fine was for? No. Eighty pounds? Probably a small okay. fortune. About eighty quid, two hundred, something like that. A woman named Jennifer Fitzgerald right. has just settled a fine for $105,000. Where the hell was she parked? On top of a disabled man? <laughs> That's about £67,000 for those in proper, in proper language. In real money. Right. Her car was abandoned at an airport by her ex-boyfriend in the employee car park. Okay. In its time there, it accrued 678 tickets before it was towed last year. My question is this. Why did they wait three years before they towed it? Yeah, like one ticket left unpaid. Get rid of it. Yeah. 678 tickets later, presumably the car at this point is just covered in them. They think, perhaps we should tow it. Maybe we should just kind of move these tickets to put a couple more on. Yeah. This, will be, this is yeah. a fun game. And it was in the, surely at some point on thought, bear contact this room and let her know where her car is. Yeah. What was she thinking? <laughs> where the fuck's my car? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joey Bob, where have you put my car? First off, where oh, the fuck is my car? That's not a Chicago accent. Yeah. Ah, I've <laughs> solved it. It was in Chicago. They've got the city centre operating system, haven't they? We learned this from Real Watchdogs. That's where it all went wrong. Yeah, that is... Oh, man, everything She crashed. should have hacked and deleted it. Luckily, they did, the court did settle for a lower fee of $4,500. For a car, she didn't even park there. But, yeah... Oh, God. Seriously, America? Seriously, America? Like, what, what are you doing? Right. First off, how can you forget that you had a car? Two... Why did they try and play the if it drops we tow it game where they were just trying to stick tickets over everywhere and the second they all fell off and hit the floor then we tow it and like round everything up and what the fuck were the airport doing? Hang on, that car's been there for a while, that could be something dodge we'd better call somebody. In the employee's car park as well. Like shit, if I left my car just randomly parked, or my bike just randomly parked at an airport, they'd go spastic in about 15 seconds flat. Same with if I just leave a bag or a bottle on the side in an airport, I'm fucking dead, man. I'm gonna be jumped on and beat to death. Oh. What the fuck's going on in America, the land of guns, for a car just to sit there for a few thousand years? I mean, just, hey, look at that pinata shaped like a car out there. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> Alright, moving on. Um, I'm blind. How long... <laughs> Good. News story one, we've blown his mind. Good start. What's up? How long is your garden, would you say? Um, Not a clue. Guesstimate? Yeah. Um, Just the back garden, from what? the fence to the What's fence doors. 50 foot? 50 maybe? foot, which is about... Oh, my brain's got the work now. It's after midnight, take your time. It's after midnight, yeah, my brain's... You can, if you listen carefully, you'll hear the cogs whirring now, because I've got to try and divide 50 by 3. A lot. Yeah, it's about 18 metres then, okay? Right, you need to make a plan then, because they've discovered that snails can move up to 25, 24 metres in a one day. Crap. 
So you need to make some sort of plan to prevent these speedy snails getting to your house. Shotgun. Like one metre an hour they can move. Do you know how they discovered this? I, I wish this was a visual podcast, and I might try and put this in the show notes. They stuck LEDs to the backs of them. LED lights. So where where did you find this story? Please tell me it's not uh, the BBC again. Ah, no, I, I thought you'd say that. It's been verified by Sky. Oh, fucking Sky, unbelievable. <laughs> where did they find the time? This where is, did they ah, get this the is, funding? This is researchers, and, they did it in the U- and it was the UK as well. Where did they find the time? Why aren't they researching? I wonder how far snails move. <laughs> I'm on my coffee break. Let's fucking raise the LEDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who went out there and was capturing these snails to stick LEDs to them? Exactly, like some random geezer in the middle of curing cancer or trying to figure out that, I don't know, chewing on pencils gives you cancer or something. And I was like, hey, you know what? Fucking we, we're a couple grand short here. I know. Let's apply for another grant. For what? Let's see how fast snails move. Yeah. That's fucking important. They've tried to justify it by saying that snails can pass hookworms onto dogs, which is apparently a very deadly disease in dogs. It is a deadly disease in dogs. I, the thing is, though, my query to this is, if that's the case, why haven't I never... I've never heard of hook... I've had dogs. I've never heard of hookworms. Nope. I've never, never, you've had dogs. Yeah, I've had people that I know dogs. I've never heard of them. So that's that's how serious this is. Yeah, the people obviously the millions, millions of and dogs. What are we supposed to do with this information? Now we know that snails move one meter per hour. We're going to have little speed cameras for. Them? Oh yeah, that'd yeah. be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Look at little gats. So we know how useful they are for cars. Yeah, they might be useful for snails. Could you yeah. imagine that? Just like seeing gatos on roads, so just going <laughs> past every time a snail goes past. Yeah. So what? I don't understand how they've justified it. Okay, I I don't see how this is a big deal for us now when snails haven't been going around murdering my dogs for no, years. No, no, I mean I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not scared of snails anymore because of this news. I'm, I don't feel like they're trying to take over the, the UK. They might do. They might do. Perhaps, perhaps this is all part of a cunning plan. Are we going to just do what we did, like what we do to foxes and badges, to say, oh fuck, they do. Cull the snails. Yeah, they do something. Let's go around send, and kill send them. Send people out with rifles to shoot them all. Yeah, exactly. But this is what I mean. Like, what are we going to do with what this? What are we going to do with the rifles? They're going to be very. We're going to like, like, have to make little mini rifles for hedgehogs to but go that'd out be and awesome. do awesome. <laughs> that would be so awesome. All right, do it, guys. That is right. There you go. The research has been justified. Do it. <laughs> I'll go out there with my camera and shoot that. <laughs> now, for the next one, I want you to, I want you to set the scene. Imagine you're a fisherman in Egypt. You want a fishing boat. I don't know why, but you said Egypt. All of a sudden, I thought desert. I was like, "How the fuck do we fish in the middle they have, of the desert?" They, well, they have they have watery places. So you're fishing not in Egypt, but on water in Egypt, <laughs> and you see a stork. And instead of carrying a little baby, as we all know, that's where babies come from. Of course, of course. Or cabbage patches. Or cabbage patches. Or disabled toilets. So, <laughs> right. And it has a small electronic device attached to it. What is your first thought? Well, I'm in Egypt. It's a bomb. <laughs> well, you're not far off. The stork was detained in Egypt for spying. Because a fisherman spy an electronic device attached to it feathers. But thinking he might be an undercover agent, it was taken by police. And this is from... It was taken in... By where? In Egypt. By Egypt police. They found the stork had an electronic device to it. And so they decided to arrest it. They well detained. I'm not sure if wrestling. Was it right. a tracker? It was indeed a tracker by French scientists. Oh my god! Did they shoot the bird? No. When did they find out this was a French tracker? Well, presumably when they looked at it. 
Yeah. They've, they've fooled away with bomb or spying equipment, and presumably it said Latrac on the side of it. Latrac, is that Yeah, presumably so. Because all I can think of when someone says tracking now is just like a chocolate bar or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It's just it just seems weird to me. So they've just they've they've arrested this bird. They've arrested sarcastic air quotes this bird. <laughs> well, I just imagine these. Do you, think read, do you think they read his rights? I just imagine them right, like just seeing it jumping out and saying, "Oh, you!" And just like I don't know. What, I know what noise the birds make, but these storks make. I'm assuming it's on a. I'm going to assume it's like a crow. And they go, Could you imagine a res- resistant arrest? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah the rights remain silent. Pack some and stuff. Yeah. But they, so he's they, turned violent. <laughs> Get the wire team in. He's that clubbing it. I just, I just went and caused a plosive. Yeah. Like by swinging my arm. Like I'm just What's he charged with? Spying, resisting arrest. Oh my god. Peck a man and nuts. Can you imagine when he goes to court? So they can all contempt to court. Yeah, could you imagine them yeah. trying to get the. the, 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 the yeah. Trying to get onto the stand. It'd be contempt to court in two minutes because it will refuse the answer to questions. It's <laughs> like instantly thrown in jail for life. Yeah. I just. I am curious. I really am just the, the thought process of arresting this bird, taking the tracker off, finding someone that can read French, or, you know, finding out what the language is, and they're like, oh, look, it says made in China on it. Yeah. <laughs> and just, oh my God, why? Do you think we can now start trolling these countries, countries by releasing, like, chickens with, like, sort of, you know, if it's fake dynamite you get off them to you, perhaps you can make some of those, strap them to chickens and just release them into Egypt and just see what happens. Can't be done. Yeah. <laughs> like, instant war zone. If it was America, we'd be declaring war. Yeah, <laughs> we'd be arrested. We're probably going to be arrested just for this podcast. We, we said that we're going to take the piss out of all these other countries for, for stuff that's going on. Like, oh, look, there's a bird and we've arrested it. They're going to be like, you listen, fucking two idiots talking into a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are the yeah. joke. No, it's funny. If the birds can be arrested for spying, what hope have we? <sighs> I'm just checking for the black van. Is it there? I'm not here this week. No, not this week. That's because I've parted in their space. That's why. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> yeah. But finally, now, this is a bit... Oh, there's of, more. There is. There's one more. This is the last one. Okay. Now, there's a, been a bit of... Bit of political wrangling, I believe, an assassination attempt on a mayor. Where in in Alaska, a small town, Alaska. He it's was not Anchorage, at- is it? No, he was attacked by a by a dog. Okay. Right now, whether this was something now, okay. now this so, now there is there is this one. He he had a fractured sternum and a punctured lung after the attack. He went under for three hours of surgery. He's mayor Stubbs. Do you always call Mayor Stubbs? Because he has a stubby tail. In case you haven't figured out, he's a cat. Oh my god. To be fair, he's honouring Mayor. He's not the actual Mayor. But he has got a Facebook page. He's got... Oh yeah, that, that makes the world a difference. <laughs> I mean, I was tempted to follow him with our, with our Facebook page just to sort of give him his support. <laughs> you got attacked by a crazy dog. Do you know he got elected? There's 800 people in this town, and they didn't like any of the candidates, so they all filled photos for him instead. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know some people that live in Alaska. I'm, I'm going to have to phone them up now and say, what the f- What are you guys doing? <laughs> wow. Mare stubs. Whether we don't know if the dog was sent by enemy agents or like whoever secret service have now been involved to protect mayor stubs it was us yeah you know but you know i mean i don't know i don't know if he's ever planning to perhaps run for presidency 
he's getting old now. He's 13 now, so he's getting a little bit old for a cat. So, but I mean, I think he could give, you know, well, probably not so much a barn, but he could give George Bush a good one for his money at the time. In fairness, dude, a, a rotting cabbage could have given George Bush Yeah, probably, money. yeah, to be fair. <sighs> Mine sufficiently flown for this month? Hell yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to tie all those together, though. No, so. I'm trying to think how we can tie them all together. But it doesn't work. Because, I mean, we can... They're all considered as terrorist attacks, I suppose. I, yeah, I suppose in a way. I mean, yeah, I mean, the woman was obviously being a terrorist by leaving her car there. In an airport. In an airport, like, yeah. But was being looked after by a bird with a tracker on it. Snails trying to just perform chemical warfare on dogs, or biological warfare, technically, on dogs. You know, they're now... We now know they can move up a metre an hour. I mean, and we now know that America is going to be developing if, the if world's smallest rifles. In a room, if you're trapped in a, a killer room by a snail, you have mere hours to try and figure out how to escape. Hours, <laughs> <was> probably a <laughs> good couple. <laughs> probably longer than that. But it's like, oh, look, a snail. Ah. We've only got six hours. We get here. We need to get out of here. So, like, oh, crap. We could just stand on him. Nah. No, you don't do that. You can't do... Look, if... America At which point, a stork comes through the wall to take a photo of his spying equipment. <laughs> Do you think they're in cahoots, the storks and the snails? Yeah, they both names begin with S. Nature's is going against it. And right Mayor Stubbs. Name begins with S. That's a goddamn cat. Well, I reckon Stubbs is running the whole show. He's sending out the storks to Egypt because America wants to get involved with you, don't they? He's in sorts. And he's doing recon on the UK of snails. And there's three of them. Three of so them. So let's just say that's Half-Life 3 confirmed. Boom. Uh, yeah. Conspiracy right there, Gabe. We're on to you. Yeah. <laughs> Half-Life 3 is all going to be about cats. Yep. Cats, snails, and storks. At an airport. With yep. loads of tickets everywhere. And that's going to be a real shock to all the gamers out there when it comes out. Oh, I'm expecting it to be about the Combine. It's all Call about it cats. right now. Yeah. Calling it right now. And obviously we know that America, for what we just said about stepping on snails, please ignore everything. Your super intelligent new development on ultra tiny weapons. Just keep going, guys. Someone has to do this stuff. Yeah. Someone has to pay for it, and then we just buy it when it gets cheaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You do all the hard living lifting. We just buy it at a discount. We just buy it for cheap. We haven't paid any money on it. It's marvelous. That's brilliant. Nice. And, and we we did come up with. Fuck, what were they thinking? <laughs> what were they thinking? Well, I suppose what we just need to finish up, I think we need to tell people how they can find us. Oh, yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. So, you can either go to our website at randnerds.com, and rand is spelled R-I-N-D-N-E-R-D-S.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at randnerd, uh, randnerds on Twitter. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you search for randnerds on Facebook, you'll find us on there. You can also follow us on Google+. We are also hoping at some point to have a Twitch TV account. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in contact with us, you know, and send me something that I can... Make Luke's mind, or perhaps you know, tell make us my mind now. Make your mind. I've been completely blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got to repair it somehow, or perhaps you know, tell us we suck. Or Which you probably will do. Yeah, or say because we're hitting on consoles, we're bad, or anything like that. Really, you can email at uh, Luke Roberts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, email randnerds at gmail dot com. That's Rand Nerd. That's so yeah, with no S. A Gmail wouldn't let us have the S for some reason. Did we mention the YouTube channel? Uh, no, you can also find us on YouTube. Again, if you search for Rand Nerds on YouTube, you'll find us on there. And what you'll basically find is the podcast with at an the image moment, over the top. Yeah. Um, we will be working on video content at some point. 
we're working on setups for that and ideas on content. I'd like to we see uh, some of the the stuff. We've discovered we've discovered if we've talked about a few things. I think we don't want to commit to anything just yet until we decide what we're going to do because you know it all takes time. Things are crazy, and I've got a funny feeling yeah. I'm going to get done it, in it, by snails. It took me the best part of two days. Yeah, took me the best part of two days to get the first, just the website set up. So. I need to recover from that. Holy crap. Actually, that's something we're going to have to talk about in the next episode, how goddamn difficult oh. it was. I know we were supposed to cover it in this episode, but we'll but save we were so, we're, Yeah, we were, we're running quite long, so I thought we'd better move on. Yeah. It, is, it, was, it was literally about two days of constant headaches. No, can't do that. Can't do that. Pictures, pictures, right. pictures, graphics, design. Yes, yes. RSS feeds. So... Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, visit our website, subscribe to us on iTunes. And then have a go at us for having conflicting opinions every time. Stop contradicting yourselves. Piss off. Yeah. So I've been Nicholas Jackson. I'm Luke Roberts. (laughs) We've, um, thank you for listening. Yay! Thunder tits. This where we discovered hasn't recorded anything. It stopped about six hours ago. (laughs) Just to save people from all the torment. Yeah. (laughs) Uh.